Hello and welcome to Cherry Stem, part two of our Jordan Peterson show. This podcast is brought to you by, well, technically it's not a podcast, is it? <laughs> this live stream is brought to you by us, Anna Cherry and Richard Rall, as well as our wonderful patrons on patreon.com slash Anna Cherry. These live streams, as well as the audio files of all the episodes are free and available for everyone and always will be. So extra special thanks to our patrons for being extremely generous and helping provide you all with this this awesome stuff. And hell, we really enjoy it too. So thanks again to our patrons. If you'd like to re reap some of the rewards that we shower our lovely patrons with, uh, we have challenger tiers, what I would recommend. You see it right there on the screen in front of you, if you do have a screen in front of you. Uh, if not, it is uh, either beginner or challenger mode on uh, patreon.com slash Anna Cherry. I would highly recommend checking that out if you can. That'll give you, uh, Challenger Mode will give you access to after show uh, streams and other uh, extra bonus content that we do with our patrons. And um, you'll make sure to, uh, you know, if you want to stay on the safe for work side, Beginner and Challenger uh, tier are the ones. Every little bit of our Patreon help uh, goes towards everything that we do, such as this live show. And uh, I would really like to turn this into an actual podcast wouldn't it be so cool to to hear us uh through you know spotify or the the itunes or whatever um so we're currently building up towards a milestone to create a libsyn hosting um situation for cherry stem and actually get ourselves out there on the air um where all the big boys and girls are so if you uh, can support us and you want to please check out patreon.com slash Anna Cherry. Uh, if you want to do safer work, we have two tiers available in there, beginner and challenger. If you pledge challenger, you'll get uh, after show Cherry Stem specific access. And then of course, hardcore and higher tiers are, well, hardcore. And uh, you're more than welcome uh, to check that out as well. So patreon.com slash Anna Cherry. There's a lot of good stuff there. And of course, every single episode of cherry stem that we've ever done is on there in audio format you can download them there's also an rss link in the description down below i believe that you should be able to uh, use uh, in a um, podcast player thing i don't really know how rss works but from what i hear you should be able to use that link and uh, it's a private rss link and you should be able to to do whatever you guys do with rss so i'm pretty sure it updates you on our newest um audio uh, file updates that we post on Patreon, but I'm not sure. Uh, don't take my word for it. <laughs> um, definitely check out uh, all the posts because we have a lot of public stuff. You don't have to be a patron to benefit, but it's so much better if you do. So please, once again, patreon.com slash Anna Cherry, and I will probably do a little less of, of shilling in, in the future um, so we can get straight into the meat of things. Uh, so let's go ahead and do that. All right. I am joined by my lovely co-host, Richard Rall, uh, in spirit, <laughs> in in body. He is currently um, making us some delicious coffee, actually. So bless that man. Now, let me show you guys what we're talking about. So here we are. The 
paper, the article, the um, not sure what to call it, but it's um, it's actually an academic paper. Um, it is called Three Forms of Meaning and the Management of Complexity by Jordan B. Peterson, and it is in the uh, textbook on the psychology of meaning. Um, pretty sure it's an education book. Uh, don't quote me on it, but the psychology of meaning, I'm fairly certain, is an academic text. And this uh, Three Forms of Meaning and Management of Complexity is a introductory, um, in fact, uh, it's part one, uh, chapter one is right there in the beginning. Um, it is a paper that introduces you to the concept of meaning um, in, in, in a very, very technical way. Uh, we're not talking about, um, you know, the meaning of life or, you know, a greater sense of meaning. It, it, it literally, like, what how do we navigate the world how how does all of this work and the really compelling thing of this conversation uh, is not only to figure out how we humans work because you know this is very basic sort of like really basic cognition uh you know a stimulus response uh, just just very sort of in a rudimentary level uh, reaction and meaning in that sense uh however this is really compelling um topic to talk about in terms of AI and artificial intelligence development and robotics uh, in the sense of creating neural minds, like networks, neural network um, thing, <laughs> that, uh, a, a, a facsimile of a human mind. Because I mean, that's the whole, the whole point is that we've been, you know, trying to make robots to be like humans and neural networks that uh, teach themselves uh, and learn and adapt is probably the closest that we've gotten to being human-like, but it's still not anywhere near being actually human-like. Um, so uh, the really interesting, uh, to me, part about exploring this um, sort of introduction to meaning um, in the psychology of meaning is uh, how we can apply this to AI and in general understand how just cognition works and how we make sense of the wor world and what conclusions we draw from it, etc. And I am finally joined by my lovely host. And I need to give you this article so that you can read it because I believe you were. I was. Doing, I was the one doing the, the translation mm -hmm. and, and dramatic reading. Yes, I believe so. Yes. So let me pull it up on the side computer here. There it is. <sighs> Lovely that I have. Uh, so the last week's uh, part one of this um, article, we. Hello. I was just about to say how lovely it is that I have this available for um, for the public because I'm not signed in to Patreon right now and I'm able to pull up this article, but it's it's not behaving. <laughs> Great. Uh, all right. One how second. lovely that it's not behaving and doing what you expected of it. Three forms of meaning and the management of complexity. Um, you know, we've got a washer going there in the background. I don't know if that's for the sound, but no, it's not showing up. Okay, that's good. Yeah, it's doing pretty good. Noise gate. Yes. I don't even know if this has a noise gate. It probably does. Uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> okay, let me make sure the noise gate isn't too insane. 30? 30 is good. All right, we should be good. Just in case. Um, all right, well, here we go. Uh, now you made sure that, the, that they can hear the washer at all times, though, by doing that. I don't know. Oh, okay, maybe not. Uh, no, I increased the um, the the higher end, like the the bigger number, because it's uh, I don't really understand noise gate uh, as well as I want to, but it has a uh, 
open, uh, open and closed. Close, right. So the close, I like to bring up to a higher decibel so that it doesn't... That's basically sometimes that happens when it cuts off my really loud orgasm. Because it goes past a certain decibel and that's the close. That's the cutoff, I guess. Right, so I like to keep my close very high. <laughs> or Makes I guess sense. low. <laughs> a bigger number, anyway. Yeah, um, so let me get, get to number um, page 7 there. Um, so I pulled that up for you. All uh, right. We're on page 7. Uh, at the top of page 7. So for all of those of you who are following along, um, the link to the article is in uh, Patreon. So I'm going to make you all go to Patreon because uh, that way you can follow us. <laughs> and uh, keep on, Actually, yeah, you can, um, you can do this thing on Patreon where you can just follow an account. Um, you don't have to be like subscribed to it or anything. You oh, let me add an HTTP. Um, all you have to do is just be following it, and you actually get all public updates that uh, any given account um, posts. So um, I actually really enjoy that uh, opportunity that Patreon gives you all. So I would uh, recommend following um, Anna Cherry on Patreon so that you guys get our public updates uh, for Cherry Stem audio files. And uh, that right there actually has a link as well. The latest. Uh, I just posted it today, <laughs> and it has the original article link, so if you guys want to follow along, you can, but I am going to make you go to patreon.com Cherry just to, uh, you know, upsell, upsell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, um, let's see. Jordan Peterson, uh, page 7 at the top where it says... Yeah, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do like a little schema. rundown of what okay. I remember. Uh, sure. I, I mean, very little. Uh, let's see. It was so, just very basic introductory level stuff. Well, no, no, at he, first. It, at first, yeah. I mean, he got into some interesting things, but uh, but the the, the main uh, point that he's trying to get at, mm -hmm. I think, so far, mm -hmm. is to like he starts out with the idea that uh, our division of objects into what we call objects is really has to do with their utility to us mm -hmm. uh, as individuals, based so, on a specific goal. Right, and so there, and so he mapped that to some brain uh, activity, you know, in the hypothalamus, you know, movement, um, and the, uh, the the four basic Fs: feeding, um, reproduction, <laughs> uh, fight, uh, flight, reproduce. <laughs> right, the four Fs. The four Fs, yes. Right. Uh, as as you were, uh, as I, I was taught by Kim Garrick. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a joke I'm bringing you all from second year neuroscience college. Nope. <laughs> yes, uh, fight, flight, feeding, and fucking in hypothalamus controls. It's a very basic sort I of. I take it she skipped the fucking. She called it a reproduction. Right. And it took me like half a minute to be like, what? Or F. Okay. <laughs> it took me a minute, actually. All right, so map schema considered in their social hierarchical oh, so multiplicity. Did, did we... That's the top of page seven, what? Right, uh, did we do a rundown? No, I wasn't sure. If we... uh, I'm telling you what I remember. Oh, and okay. so, like, he's gonna he's been getting to uh, different three different types of meaning. And right. so... And we barely went over the first one, I which think is that's... sort of like a right. very basic, like, I want thing thing is there you know what it we could do to me uh is we could go over this the the final paragraph of the sure. previous chapter because it's kind of going into a different chapter here so yeah. i want to because uh, maybe that's sort of a summary and so we're going to read it and hope sure. it's a summary uh to identify some end as valuable means to grant it consummatory reward status formerly as end implies consummation uh consummatory reward has well-defined relevant and oft instinctive features 
The human capacity for abstraction means, however, that a hypothetical, arbitrary, or symbolic uh, may come to function as consummatory reward. It may serve as a goal and indicate satiety so that current behaviors can be terminated. It come to frame uh, the perception of objects evaluated as incentives, threats, and punishments. So what he's saying there is that basically but we identify these very particular things that you get food, you get dopamine. Mm-hmm. You, that's a, a consummatory reward. Yeah. You, and he's saying, well... Once Not we start, only is that. Once we start building civilization, we start using money. We start using secondary reward yeah. systems. But also just using... concepts. In other words, uh, I think it's not. It's it's actually before, uh, before civilization. civilization? Okay. You need uh, there's. So like coming out of the cave. So because from going from reptilian, and primate to well, like let's. No, say I think it's actually going primate. from reptilian to more more primate, okay. uh, and even then that, that's too much. Because we have reptilian, mammalian, primate, and yeah, human. Yeah, because he but yeah, but he's starting. He's he's starting from like bacterial and like fungi. The, hy- the hydra, like, the, the yeah, the, exactly. The, the sea worm. And so, but he so but he's talking about really the there's there's conceptual. Uh, so when they're they they're symbolic things. In other words, okay, so we're going from a neural um, now. Uh, I don't want to call it neural network because. I think, but we're going from a central nervous system, such as like the very basic uh, C. elegans and other things where all they have are just nerves. They don't even have a brain. Right. And then from there, we're going to the next level that has a brain and may start to think of the world of right. concepts. And, and theoretically, I mean, because while this is somewhat fuzzy, like symbolic thought, theoretically, a lot of times people say, oh, well, humans didn't really have symbolic thought until... Uh, we started Drawing doing cave drawings and shit like that, and that only happened about 100,000 years ago, whereas the human brain was fully developed 300,000 years ago. Right. So what were we doing with our big without brain that entire thought. time yeah. without symbolic thought? And the thing is, I don't know that that's accurate that we didn't have symbolic thought. I think that... So um, we have no records of it? Or just because no, we I think No, I think that, that, that symbolic thought is... Uh, More it, than just drawings. ...is deeper, right. In other words, there, there's a, I think there's a fuzzy line. <laughs> I think exactly what he's talking about here, where we put these uh, arbitrary arbitrary borders on things are they're not real borders that they're arbitrary uh and i think that that you know even your cat has like you can train them with a clicker and so that becomes a symbol though that they're not consciously aware of it being a symbol but Uh, the the click is a symbol for something um, else and it doesn't it is it is a uh, consummatory reward that is next level yeah, exactly. It's beyond. The, it's one level it's removed from the basic, from direct reward. From direct they, they, reward. They, the animal doesn't actually get the reward necessarily. Like after a while, the clicker becomes a reward, and you, yep. you reward them by clicking and not by giving them a treat. Uh, and so it's uh, it is actually rewarding mm-hmm. in uh, in, just the, the in the sense of a dopamine so, release. So there is definitely symbol uh, based, you know, that kind of symbolism in lower in lower intelligence. Absolutely, yeah. I agree with that. But a lot of times, whenever we're talking about it, when they say symbolic thought, they mean, you know, where you're so. where you're actually making these abstractions, and you know, uh, they think that that's where the cave art and all of that, uh, you know, um, that they call that like the dawn of symbolic thought. Um, not necessarily those terms, but you know, it's referred to generally in, in that sort of way. All right, so Mavskinim considered in their social hierarchical multiplicity. Basic motivations. Wait, did I read all of it? No, I didn't finish that. that ah, ah, yeah. I didn't. I, I stopped halfway through that. Not because we. Yeah, I, my, my fault. My bad. All right. Um, objects evaluated as incentives, threats, and punishments. Such consequences of goal setting are universal. Right. Uh, such consequences of goal setting are universal, regardless of the specifics of the goal. 
This means, one, that the cortex uh, modulates archaic motivational systems by substituting abstractions for primordial goals. Right. Two, that goals may be considered generally as a class so that the diversity of potential goals can be ignored mm -hmm. and the goal itself serve as an object of discussion. We establish point B, the ideal endpoint of our linear activity. Uh, we specify a, a, and evaluate a starting point A and our actions in reference to that ideal. So now he's going back to his whole, uh, his whole postulation mm -hmm. that you first say there's not enough of whatever, and then that drives you to go get and uh, accomplish whatever. That was right. at the start of the paper. It's yes. something I argued with. Um, but perhaps that's because he's talking about one. The simple one, ways. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, that's... We'll, we'll continue forward. I won't, right. I won't we'll, we'll get to his conclusion. Right. Uh, we become ang anxiety-ridden or frustrated as a consequence of our failures, manifold and common. Alternatively, we embody a solution as a consequence of favorable mutation uh, or stumble upon or stumble across an answer, communicate our successes, and move up the dominance hierarchy. Uh, our map schema solutions are inevitably evolutionary, phylogenetically, um, as our successful genes accumulate, and ontogenetically, as we uh, try many useless approaches and conserve that work. I love that. Okay, so I, I think he may be hinting at, I'm not sure if I'm reading into this or not, but I think he's talking about the uh, cultural... Um, uh, if anyone would, he would. Yeah, the, the <laughs> cultural uh, continuation of knowledge. In other words, where... Oh yeah, no, I love that. The phylogenically and ontogenically, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Right. Uh, and so we, so even even monkeys like the hundredth hundredth monkey effect mm -hmm. is. He mentioned a, it. Oh, he did he? No, maybe. No, he not in this paper. Not in this paper. No. It, it was so the the hundredth monkey effect. There's first there's the magical idea of it. Ignore that. Uh, that it's like the that it magically goes from to other brains. We talked about it when we were talking about, about, about collective that. unconscious. That's right. Yeah, forget about that part. That that interpretation and That's we and I'm talking about the hundredth monkey effect as the actual. There's something going on that is you know Just scientific. Quorum sensing and proliferation of right. knowledge. Exactly, yeah. quorum sensing, and that is basically they uh there's a new habit. It, it takes a while for it to catch on because they have to the the group has to test it whether or not it's mm -hmm. valuable. Then once a certain number of the group has uh, has started to behave in that way, it is then captured as a valuable by the uh, entire group. By the entire group. So there's some system in their in their brains that makes sure to notice when there's a lot of of in, other individuals doing X, mm -hmm. a certain kind of percentage that all of them then take it on as a new behavior. And so that is the dawn of culture. And that is that we, you know, these habits and ideas and things like that that get passed on to us as, as automatically valuable and it doesn't require any conscious passing it along. It just happens because it's part of our mental systems as they evolve. And so I think he may be referring to that uh, specifically. So, uh, like our, all of our all of our various failures and uh, and things like that that are part of the evolutionary process and uh, and so just pointing out that knowledge does grow uh, in an evolutionary fashion in other words without planning without uh, you know uh, really even understanding it just simply there is a evolutionary growth of knowledge and um, uh, systems all right so we drink here Oh, yeah, no, I, I really like that last sentence where it's like, uh, basically, therefore, the logical assumption, or inevitably, uh, these solutions are evolutionary, uh, evolutionary, phylogenetic, 
and ontogenetic. So we have the genes, the memes, and the evolutionary sorting process that leads us to find the things that work the best within our system. So right. the, all and those genetic, ma- he, I don't know if he knew, the, the, gene- for him to have known the genetic memory was real at this point, I'm not sure that mm. it, was as, it was that very well, uh, the, the tests were well known. Because there's experiments that now now most people would know, uh, but when he wrote this, uh, he the the experiments that prove genetic memory uh, actually happens yeah. may not have been around. I don't know, 2013. Let's see. Pretty sure that's the year the Psychology of Meaning was published. Yeah. Okay. So well, it might have just come out then. Yeah. He may. He, he may. They have... were both published in the same year. The, the so who knows? So who knows if he, he, he that, knew that. The, the the specific cherry blossom sense study, yeah. which there might have been ones before that. That right, they that might have been was, aware of. That one that was we very were. definitive. Because he is a clinical psychologist. Right. That's, you know, he would know. Yeah. The, yeah. So who knows if he put that into this paper or not. So. But, but it is the same year that the, both of this. Uh, this paper was included in a book that came out in 2013. Yeah. And so if he so yeah, made the alterations. Or, right. I, it's, I would say for them to come out the same year. It's that, unlikely. Right. Especially Un- since unless he really period. had his nose to the so, ground for previous research that, you know. All right. Um, status is the most important determinant of survival and reproductive success. So it, uh, he should then Wait, say where, where? in a gregarious animal. What? Uh, Our map schema solutions are inevitably, and then the next thing is map schema. Oh, Doug, am I okay? I haven't finished drinking my coffee. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just finished page page six and started page seven. All right. Yes. Uh, but that was a good that was a good single sentence. It was. <laughs> right, right. So that's going to be part of what he says here. All right. Um, uh, top of page seven. Yes. We can do this. I can do this. I can help. Yes. You want me to read it, or are no, you no, just not going to follow it at all? <laughs> no, no, I would not follow it in the slightest if you wrote it. All right. Um, well, gee, thanks. No, just, I, I have to read it. All right. So basic motivations help solve the problem of pragmatic world simplification, but three basic problems still remain. Okay. First are issues of sequence and time frame. In what order should a set of map schemas manifest themselves over the day, or week, or year? Second uh, is the related issue of importance, which map schemas should be granted priority of value. Third uh, is the even more complex and uh, third problem, uh, that of ha- being that of social being. How should I adjust my map schemas to those around me? Who are facing and trying to solve the same same problems? It is identity, uh, the idiosyncratic form of personal integration, that solve these problems. Uh, such personal identity shades into the social, personal, and social identity. Uh, such personal identity shades into. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, Whatever that means. Right. Personal integration. Uh, personal and social identity is unconscious automatic consequence of the cooperative competitive generation sequencing and rank ordering of map schemas. Such organization manifests itself intraphysically and socially as the dominance hierarchy. Okay. Don't know if I agree. I completely disagree. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Okay, good. Let's let's talk about it. Let me reread it to make sure. Sure, yeah. Uh, such personal identity shades let's say shades in the social instead of shades into. Um like well, what do you mean by right? Shane's in, into it? So that, that personal identity that has Venn impact on. That it, like, yeah, maybe that's what. He, yeah, exactly. It, like maybe that's what he means. The... 
Personal and social identity is the emergent, unconscious, automatic consequence of the cooperative, competitive generation. Yeah, okay. Uh, sequencing and rank ordering of map schemas. Okay, so that is... Result of all of these. Is the consequence of generation, sequencing, and rank ordering of map schemas. Such organization manifests itself intrapsychically and socially as the dominance hierarchy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see. Okay, uh, so I'm he's saying, okay yeah, a little bit more. Yeah. So he's saying that dominance hierarchy but, is what it, what uh, what is the successful map schema sh uh, shows itself. In other words, so how you, in other words, the way that. Well, no, uh, I mean, we're talking about individuality. So what he's trying to say is that um, genetically, on uh, and ontogenically, ontogenically, genetically and ontogenetically through evolution each person ends up being an ex a unique conduit of everything that came before them and that causes the dominance hierarchy because like how do we no that doesn't no? i don't think that's what he's saying because he says um no what he's saying yeah uh, I, I think is that there's it is identity the idiosyncratic form of personal integration that's right. caused these problems and so what he's saying is identity individuals. Uh, yeah individuals that does that uh lead to two indi individuals that are slightly different because of not just the uh the various because he, he is basically kind of talking about memetics but he's mm -hmm. talking about how there is a mix of genes and memes and, right anyway, and, and that uh, causes people to he's be not using those words, on different but, levels on different hierarchy levels from each other. but the and then the, how that plays out becomes right. an emergent hmm. hierarchy that is situationally based and uh and that okay. emergent hierarchy organizes i think what he's saying is that the uh, the dominance hierarchy is a representation of the success of a, of a given set of map schemas. Because the question was, how do we um, how do we get around the more complex third problem, that of social being? How should I adjust my map schemas to those around me right. who are facing and trying to solve the same problems? And the emergent property of trying to do that is dominance hierarchy. That arise through individuals. No, what you're saying is that the dominance hierarchy is how you select, and, that, and I'm saying that how you select leads to. Uh, no, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that. Um, so third is the even more complex problem of social being. How should I adjust my map schemas to those around me? So how we do that is through individuals being more individually adapted to different things, and through there we have an emergence of dominance hierarchies. Because some people just naturally tend to be on top. I don't and... think that's what he's saying. Oh, what do you think? Uh, it, it's so you know how should I adjust my map schema? He's saying how how should I uh, is is very misleading because I think he's how should he, people how, how should, should how should an individual unit of right. this of this system yeah. uh, adjust its map schema is is a question and how does that occur is part of the question but I don't right. know that he's directly answering it very well. Oh. And that is, uh, he's saying that's identity, identity, the that idiosyncratic form. Problems. Yes, exactly. And so there is that, and it's so. In other words, each one does have to fit in a certain position wherever they are. But um, then, it sounds like he's saying the dominance hierarchy arises. I think he's as done an emergent at that point. process. Right. Uh, so it's personal integration. So an in individual solves 
what, however they you know, can right. integrate. But then I think he's done there at the end of that sentence and then such personal identity. So now you have solved that issue. You have become an individual because of the way that you fit into your situation specifically. Right. And, and, and the then that of those schemas by the individuals gives right. rise to the emergent property of hierarchy. Why do you not agree with that? Uh, say that again. So, it's just you keep cutting me off and I, I'm trying to finish a thought. So go ahead. The way in which these individuals solve their map schemas in relation to others mm -hmm. gives rise to dominance hierarchy. Yes. And you, you were saying that you disagree with that. No, I was disagreeing with the subtlety of the way that you were putting yeah. it in the context. That, that's what I basically feel like he's saying. He's saying that what, you know, we are, at the end of the day, everybody is an individual, and the interaction between individuals allows for the solving of these complex problems. Right, and, and that's already done. And also gives rise to dominance hierarchy. That's why we have dominance hierarchies, because individuals are trying to do solve their, their specific stuff. their specific schemas. Right, right. and that, that uh, yeah. So then, the, but then he's saying, beyond that, mm -hmm. such organization, um, so, Okay, the generation, sequencing, and rank ordering of map schemas. I don't know what that is. <coughs> the rank ordering, what in is, other words. How does sequencing? What do you mean sequencing? He's talking what about. Sequencing? He means like sequencing has to do with time. He was talking about earlier that how do, when do you execute oh, certain now things? Now in a year. And a so month. now what he's saying is that how what is best? This is his way of saying mm -hmm. what is the best map schema? How that is found mm -hmm. by nature, period, not by individuals, but by nature. Uh, is that such organization manifests itself intrapsychically and socially as the dominance hierarchy. Mm -hmm. So animals, what he's saying humans, is that everywhere. survival of the fittest meme ends up selecting for the best way of, uh, of being. Uh, that is basically what he's saying there. I disagree that it is it is a uh, not necessarily the best way. It is simply the way that works at the moment because of the situation. So mm -hmm. it's a uh, I suppose I'm I'm arguing a subtlety here is that it is it is not always the best way. As a matter of fact, it often fails. It just so happens to be that is what appears to in the given situation, which is very very specific. It has very like there's you know the. The fact that, that you happen to have bananas around instead of oranges can change the way that, you know, what sort of dominance hierarchy exists because mm -hmm. of the, you know, the way that the resources themselves work and how frequently they show up. And, and so yeah. there's, there, everything the is so, time, the, right, exactly. The yield, everything is so yield. closely integrated, <laughs> which goes along with this overall, what he's saying is that things are extremely integrated. We put these borders on things that aren't real borders. Mm -hmm. They're just useful borders. And what I'm saying is those that, that lack of borders is a crucial concept of understanding that things like the way that the, that the dominance hierarchy itself plays out is dependent upon things as subtle as which resources are around, which, what the weather has been like. Mm -hmm. But all of these various things will determine which dominance hierarchy uh, and which, so therefore, which set of map schemas is the actual, um, uh, what's the game theory? Version of it, it's a, a dominant strategy. Yes, right. All right. So um, then he goes on to say, status is the most important determinant of survival and reproductive success. Okay. So yes, 
Absolutely. That is true. In a gregarious animal. He should yep. have then said, in a gregarious animal. That's true, because uh, animals that are loners, they, they don't give a fuck. Whoever is nearby who's strong enough to survive and kick the other dude's ass, sure, I'll reproduce right. with him. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and why that's important is because socialization versus individual thought is something that is very, very important to the to whether or not you have a social brain or whether you have an inventor brain. Mm -hmm. And, and and that's something I've well, been talking about. Well, but we're talking about animals, though. Yeah, I'm talking about humans being animals. Also, we're yeah. talking. There's that's an arbitrary border. Yeah. In other words, the there's way there's so few animals that are inventors that it, it feels like a very no. There, in other words, there is a level of yeah. I know. Well, human beings. Okay. Are the inventor animals? Right. I mean, we are the the. Well, start, I'll start all over. What, what, yeah. Why did you interrupt me? I must have missed something. Okay. What I'm talking about is so. What he's saying is the most determinant. Uh, the most important determinant of survival is reproductive humans? success. Why are we talking about suddenly we're ignoring, we're saying something that applies only in 1% of the cases and while we're talking about because it's a, of Because it's of import. Because you don't talk about that status is the only, so therefore the social brain is all that fucking matters. That's basically the... To pride, to animals, which is what we're talking about. No, what? it's not. Because I, because I can tell you that there are, there are innovations. All right. How did one of the monkeys in the 100th monkey effect start washing the fucking potatoes? Because one of them was a fucking inventor. That's the point. <laughs> it's the, one of them. But it's a very was, limited thing. Because no, it's so not a limited thing. It is a crucial goddamn so concept. Do I don't that. give a fuck. No, wrong. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> I don't understand. I know. So I think that our viewers probably don't understand. No, they completely understand that there is a that there has to they, okay there has to be some level of where the only thing is your brain only paying attention to what the social thing is to do, or is your brain paying attention to how to manipulate the but world why, instead of manipulate why other are individuals? Are we talking about that? Why are we narrowing our focus? I'm not creating... narrowing the fucking focus. I'm talking about something. Why are you so wound up? <laughs> Holy shit! You just you're... Oh god! I don't understand. I, I, I'm not following the logic of why we would collapse our view narrowly into... Okay, we've collapsed our view narrowly. Great. All right. But Moving why? right along. All right. Status is the most important determinant of survival and reproductive success. This is his first line here. Establishment of a predictable dominance hierarchy allows for orderly resource access so that every cons consummatory attempt does not end in competitive violence. Like the competition that you were just now uh, engaging in, where you were telling me that it was no, that I'm just, was, I just was don't wrong. understand. I, I just, I, I'm not following. I, I, okay, I, so I'm, just, I'm, just I'm trying to point out there this what he's saying. Okay, he makes an absolute statement at the beginning of this paragraph. Does he though? Yes, he does. Because the context is that we're talking about, you know. That's called basic... questioning me just now. You know, in other words, you're saying that I, that I'm wrong about what I'm saying. So. Is well, it that you don't know or that you're saying I'm wrong? Which one is it? Well, my assumption is that his context is that we're taught we're starting with a very basic system. We haven't gotten to humans yet. So he would make an absolute statement that would fit a basic animal, and I don't see how what's wrong with that because his context is basic animals, not It doesn't fit a basic animal. I'm saying that it is important to, when you are talking about absolutes, it is that, absolutely crucial. Maybe that's what it is. I just don't get what his context is. Talking about 
every human, like all of consciousness, like anything. He says anything with one a brain, singular statement, or, starting right off. Status is the most important determinant of survival and reproductive success. In what group? That is not in what true. System? Okay, in, that is right. So for a lot of systems, it's really true. And, and no, it's not because well, if for primates, no, no, systems. when okay, primates are sometimes kicked out of the group. When they're okay. kicked out of the group, they have no social hierarchy to rely upon. Right. They have to be able to uh, to exist on their own. Therefore, a different mental system is in place. Right. That is my point. That there are to so yes, he's talking is about still most important No, there's yeah, the they have no status. There are no other individuals around. Status doesn't have any impact on their their survival. None whatsoever. Zero. They're out of the group. And therefore, they don't reproduce, so they don't survive. Their genes no, they survive. can then also, they have to have an, an additional methodology for thought. That is, when they're an individual. For thought. Right, that's what we're talking about is thought. We're talking about achieving goals as a basic neural network. Yeah, that is what leads to thought. Right, but I'm just, I'm not following how, if we're talking about basic primate, uh, not okay, even primate, let's, but let's, less let's, than that even. Let's establish it's not that you're not following; it's that you're you're saying I'm, I'm wrong. Okay, so I, let's... Do, I, I don't understand. I have a specific set of assumptions that are I am now questioning because I'm like I I I. What is he talking about? Is he talking about every level of human from you know a sea hydra every level of of mind from like a worm that literally has two electrons to rub together all the way to a genius human? Is he talking about absolutely everything and all of it in between? Or is he saying, this is about basic animals. Now we're going to talk about higher level animals. And then soon later, we're going to talk about humans, which yeah. is a completely different thing. Sure. But I'm saying that it's not true at the animal level. Just like I just demonstrated with the idea that individuals, meerkats, okay, okay meerkats get kicked out of their group. And then they die. And that's well, the whole point. That, I guess that is actually a bad yeah, example. I know. So, that's so why that, I'm so That's confused. a bad example. So I, but I, earlier, I just Not switched examples. Anybody, anybody, any primate, once no. they get kicked out, they die. No, they don't wrong. reproduce. That's completely wrong. That's completely wrong. They actually do go to other groups. No, they get, they, they have, there's a time in between where they don't okay. go instantly into another group. They have to exist as individuals for short periods so of wait, time. So what are we talking about? Are we talking about the the outcome, or are we talking about what goes on in their heads, uh, or what? We're must talking happen? about development of systems for dealing with situations. Okay. Okay. That ha there are certain groups of programs. That's what he's talking about. Map okay. schemas. Uh -huh. This is ba he's basically relating it to programming. I mean, okay. And so that you have all these various programs that interact and overlap with each other for dealing with situations. Right. Being an individual is a different situation than being part of a group. Right, but okay? status is still the most important. No, there's no status when you're an individual. You, there aren't other people. There, status is not what's going on. But we're never really true individual. We're all no, when you're by yourself, you're not in a group. How are you not getting this? And when you're by yourself, you have nobody to reproduce with, and then you die. So no, that's a, okay. oh most, god. That's okay, so then no thought goes on while they're uh, in a, they they have zero ability to deal with anything at all. They instantly stop functioning the moment they're outside of a group. No, we're talking about okay. That's what I'm saying. Most important determinant of survival and reproductive success. How is okay. that a wrong statement? Because they have to have a different method of survival when they're outside the group. How do you not follow that when they're I outside do. the group? I'm just saying they don't have high. They don't have survival. They. Then you're saying they instantly die the moment they're outside the group. Eventually, no, they don't instantly die. die. No, they don't, because they can rejoin other groups. 
That happens all the time. They join other that. groups. Well, then don't argue with me well, if you I'm don't know that. I'm trying to get to, to information. No, you're not. You're arguing. You're saying I'm wrong. There's a big difference, and you obviously don't know the difference. All of my assumptions have always been, and what we've always talked about has been that a gregarious animal getting kicked out of the group is a death sentence. Mm -hmm. Always. Yes. Period. We've never once qualified it. So that's always been my end-all and be-all assumption. Okay, but there's... Am the I wrong? Is that wrong? No, it's not wrong. It's a simplification of the fact okay. that sometimes being kicked out doesn't last permanently. Okay, it's a simplification. Well, I don't know that. We that, never that it's about it's that. just a high danger. It's I've literally never encountered that concept in my life. Okay, well, it's just because you hadn't thought it beyond that step. That happens is that you don't think, it, think it out beyond that step. Documentaries have never showed it to us. You never told me about it. How am I supposed to know that it's true if nobody told me that this is true? Because there's a, a, a matter of. Of, of believing myself over... No, no. It's just a matter of... You know, well, no, that's not, not over anything. That's simply thinking it out, continu continuing to think it out. That's all. But if you don't have and, proof, and then it's I'm looking, Well, yes. I have, I've had a lot more experience with animals and... Yeah, and, I, I, I don't. I don't know. Right. So I need to be taught these things. <laughs> so I've literally never encountered this concept before. So my working assumption has always Except been... Except you, you have encountered this, this, this assumption because I've talked about... With humans, and that is what brought this up. But he's not talking just, about Just no, humans. no, stop. No, you're just arguing with me for the sake of okay, arguing okay, at this point. Okay, Listen, okay, don't yes talk. Sir, yes, sir. All right. That what I've told you about before is the fact that part of the reason why humans uh, have a different methodology of thought, which is the inventor brain, then socialization, okay. social brain versus inventor brain. Right. Okay. It has to do with autism and tools. Right. And part of that is because individuals that end up on the outside of the group have, have to, to survive sure, and so you sense. have to be more inventive you but have to be able to manipulate the most no important. it's not status is irrelevant once you're outside of the group but but it is for okay but for percentage for percentage of the group that what is the rule and what is the exception because he says it becomes most important determinant. How it's more of an exception in lower true. animals, and it's more of the rule in higher animals, such as ourselves. In other words, there is there is a far more likelihood that an individual can survive on its own in humans than in chimps. But also, he's adding reproductive success to that, and I disagree with that. I feel like lower animals have a much higher reproductive success when they're individual, like cats, big cats. Bears. No, no, I'm talking about and individuals in, in uh, that are society, part of gregarious animals. Don't bring into like completely. You just switched from. We're talking about gregarious animals only. Don't talk okay. about ones that are that are, uh, oh, are we individuals. About gregarious only? Yes, oh, of okay. course. That's what. Well, that's why I said from the very beginning he needed to have he said gregarious have animals because status is is only not matters in, only matters, and that's why it's important to have brought that out that it needs to be gregarious animals because status is not the most important determinant of survival and reproductive success so you, among among uh, individuals that don't so have a status hierarchy. That we've been painting, that I've been painting a human society with too wide of a brush um, by assuming that status is the most likely and important uh, is most important thing for reproductive success. I believe that in humans, status is the most important thing, period. Okay, but right been, now, yeah, right now, here's the thing, so when society people, gets huge, right. status be, it becomes the, the way that you have success way over invention. That is, yes, that I constantly talk about how uh, invention is important in when there's small groups because that, that actually gives... They are actually rewarded. You're rewarded for invention. There's ability to, because 
all the uh, the individuals the in a small group. Exactly. The the good you do comes back to you in small groups. And but then when the group gets to a huge size, invention doesn't matter because they can just copy your invention. You invent say and the invention doesn't need to be a specific tool. It can be a mental tool. It could be a behavior. It could be a, a new way of doing things life that hacks. has that actually impact yeah, exactly. Life hacks, things like that. Those are inventions. Mm -hmm. And a social mind only has to copy. It doesn't have to understand at all. Because understanding requires a depth and a breadth of of information and integration of that information that that is part of the inventor mindset that is completely different from just copy and regurgitate. And then, uh, so so here's the thing: so social minds copy and regurgitate tools, and they're and therefore are capable of gaining the rewards of all of those without si all systems of without effort. understanding them. Just like. The, the the monkey with the that first started washing the, the the potato probably had a very different mind, okay? And it probably lost a lot of potatoes trying to find the best way to do it too. Right, not just that, and so it, it understood. So there was some level of like it it you know trying to like it, it somehow noticed it didn't like the sand crunching on its teeth or something mm -hmm. like that. Whereas all the other or individuals that simply copied it. Uh, all they all gained the benefit without any of the experimentation, any without of the any of the understanding, without any of those costs of of spending time fucking with potatoes. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, because during the time that that inventor monkey was uh, was fucking with potatoes, the others were reproducing, getting more potatoes. Right, they were they were socializing. Resources. They were making sure they understood where everybody stood and 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 jockeying for position in the social yeah. hierarchy. Okay, and so that's the that's why this is crucial. This is a very crucial concept about humans. And that is that that survival uh, via the the the, the you know, his well, first okay, sentence. So he's there. adding survival and reproductive success together, which yes, is complicating things. But it's not that important. Question it, is, would it still be fair to say that it is the rule that status is the most important dominant uh, determinant? In, and the exception is that there is another way, but the more Frequent That's way. dependent upon His the status. situation and the and the situation, including which animal. So let's say okay. humans. Okay, humans uh, under in a small group under duress, social brain is fucking worthless garbage. Okay, yeah. when that uh, in a small group under duress, it yeah. is complete fucking worthless trash. That's social like you, brain. You panic okay? and you, you you die kind of thing. Like, right, yeah, and well, just... not just that. Being you have to be able to invent. You have to be able to find a new way out. However, in a large group, even if it's under duress, the the the. A social brain is dominant. That will still because they can still get because yeah, because the hive and, yeah. can overcome the individuals and the and power and because there's still enough resources to feed upon as a as a parasite as a top level parasite where you're just simply because you're dominant because you're in control you get more resources. Mm -hmm. The social brain is the winner. Okay, so yes, in that circumstance. The status is the most important determinant of social survival and reproductive success. However, so if you're it's, it's, outside of the group, you cannot depend upon the group. Say that you are a human being who is living anywhere in the wilderness. You are a, hum, a human being living outside but of... But generally, we are humans that gather generally in and the that groups, is, and So that is a mindset. We're talking about our position right now in the world, how the world exists today. And that we're not taking into consideration all, all the hundreds the various, of thousands of years that... Right. Hundreds of thousands of years that human beings have been around and all the different ways in which we could possibly exist right now and our situation how, how how our situations could rapidly change and you know and how those situations end up playing out so 
this is a this is a crucial subject matter, which is why I deviated in the first place upon that that statement to make sure to clarify it. So, okay. So the point is mm -hmm. from his first statement and then he continues to talk about so, so, so what you're saying is that he's he the whole thing about borders, we actually need more borders when it comes to that statement, because that statement is too And he mentioned he may eventually get to it, but yes, it is too, that that statement is far too uh, absolute. So broad that it's inaccurate. <laughs> right. It's so broad it's inaccurate. He may eventually get to it. And that's why I just wanted to quickly say, no, that's not gotcha. quite right. And and, and say, I, I say why, why in a short I, form. I and didn't want to go on this, this long of a uh, But it was thing. really important. I, I learned. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you learn through through controversy. Yes. <laughs> hey, hopefully it got us some, some more views. Cause... Yes. Because I know the, the entire time I was thinking about, it's like, yeah, you know, people like drama and shit like that. <laughs> That was actually going on. It's like there's there's that primate part of us that likes that kind of bullshit. And, you know, so so sure this will this will be uh, great for the views. Uh, <laughs> all right. So establishment of a predictable dominance hierarchy allows for orderly resource access, so that every consummatory attempt does not end in competitive violence. So the point here is that there are systems that uh, that. Uh, are determined by the group's success, I think is what he's getting at here. So in mm -hmm. other words, it, it, right. because that does, that, what he just identified is not something that, that necessarily directly benefits any given individual. It, it, it benefits the group to so not constantly break out. what would be an example of that? Like a technology kind what of What would be an example or? of that? Having a very hierarchical society. Why is it that we have a drive towards hierarchical societies? Like when you take like feudal Japan or something where you, something you think of I as I don't know, but even law have a drive for hierarchical society. Right. So, so why do you have a hierarchical society? Because otherwise, war breaks out, and okay. so that and, and so this actually uh, comes down to why is it that you even have? Why do you have hierarchy at a business? Why do you have hierarchy anywhere? Because otherwise, competition always gets in the way of a smooth flow of you cannot you cannot exist as a larger unit if there is interpersonal if there interunit uh competitions in other words like when you're when you try to make something a collective the internals of that collective must actually work together without competition and what's the most hierarchical structure that we know the military right and that's the and <laughs> that's and why because, yeah because you need it yeah because have. it won't fucking work otherwise right. <laughs> if you don't actually have a hierarchy it won't it just won't fucking yeah, work now that hierarchy may end up may being be wrong sometimes it may go wrong it may it may need to be reorganized and that definitely is true there, there is a system. Systems are terrible. Sy systems are necessary. And that's why there's the Kuhnian revolution in systems. In other words, mm -hmm. Kuhn's uh, 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 idea of, uh, you know, what's it called? The structure of scientific so, revolutions. Yeah. He identified a cycle, and that cycle is, is actually relevant. And I don't know why nobody talks about this, but that, that cycle is relevant for all complex systems. They have to be reorganized. They have to hit a revolution point. Otherwise, they become stagnant and, and fail. All right, so. Uh, question, what would you propose as a more important determinant of success in social animals? The existence of survival traits for solitary life doesn't imply their greater importance. Say, do that again? What? what would you propose as a more important determinant of success in social animals rather than status? Uh, the existence of survival traits for solitary life doesn't imply their greater importance. They are only of greater importance when that when they are uh, in solitary. That's the thing. They are 
it is it's situation dependent. It's situation dependent, which is the whole point he's trying to get at too. Is that he's saying that it is emergent. In other words, what is valuable is determined by the situation. Mm -hmm. It is valuable and to hence be the arbitrary border that we put on it. Right. He, he so, started off with it. That, right, exactly. Yeah. That it, that that is it is determined by the situation. And so by the specific the, goal, even. Right. Yeah. So that's why, for the most part, the other animals haven't developed human-like behaviors of inventiveness. Is because it is usually it is the the ability to be inventive is yes. Eventually, you you're one thing that you're trying to say about it being an exception versus the rule mm -hmm. is. It uh, is true. It yes, true, I mean right? it is. It is true that it is. Um, matter of fact, just the development of our ability to be inventive at all is an exception in nature, mm. and so that so it is. Uh, I mean, that's why we're the only ones that are that you know are... doing the shit that we're doing. It's because it's, it's <laughs> human beings are a fucking exception over you know yeah. you know millions and millions of species and you know, billions of years. We are an exception. We're doing something different, uh, right? And so yes, but the but the point is that there is it is determined by situation, and so there the 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 thing that he's saying that is the most determinant of survival and reproductive success is only true when individuals are not put outside of the group, and but when there are individuals put outside of the group, then it becomes a. a crucial part course, which is why i was bringing it up is because it is important to understand why human beings developed what they did that's why i wanted to bring that and up. that's what i missed too is that at the at the root of it we're talking about map schemas we're talking about uh thoughts processes we're talking and so um you brought up a really important point that this is not it's not about just the outcome it's about what goes on inside the brain to adapt to a group and then how would that have to change to a different map schema to adapt to individual right. life? And the truth of the matter is most human beings today are relying upon a social uh, mind. That, that is that, that there's no need to understand the way the world works. All you need to do is copy others. Because, and, you, and, you, and keep in mind what he pointed out there is that, that what's underneath the surface of what he's saying is that uh, such organization manifests itself intrapsychically and socially as the dominance hierarchy. He's saying that the best way of being is exhibited by the most dominant human. So therefore, by extension, this means that whoever is on the top in humans is the best way of being. Uh, period. Big goof. Big that, goof on that one. Yeah, exactly. So, so the truth <laughs> of the matter is all of us should That's be just like me, the oligarchy. All of us should be sociopaths. And the truth of the matter is, no, the system doesn't work if everybody's the same, first off. Right. And so, uh, which that's the part uh, that is, is problematic here that, I'm, uh, that I was eventually going to get to. The one thing we do so far disagree with him on. Right. And that is, the, so, so therefore there are various different sets of map schemas that are important for specific individuals. But then also the, 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 the situations the individuals find themselves in. Right. And so it's good for that individual. It is not necessarily good for all of them and is definitely not saying the ones at the top are actually the best. That is absolutely not true. It just happens to function at the moment. I'll yeah. double well, that. Well, it also functions for their situation, which is right. the, the, at, at the position moment, they, they have, which is they happen to have all of these. It, it is, yes, it is best for an individual who has lots of money, for instance. You're born into money to be to act like a piece of shit okay in other words like being being self-centered and like oh everything's not good enough that signals to others that you have lots of resources that's how one primate who can't think out the ideas of resources and availability of resources and things like that knows that another primate is 
uh, of higher status. Based is on that how they're... if they scoff at a slightly brown banana. Right, that exactly. That means they got a riper one at home. Or right. Less right. Uh, oh, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How dissatisfied they are. How uh, how uh, they are. How they treat others in a shitty fashion because you know they don't have to worry about their hierarchy. They don't have to worry about uh, uh, being in, being in danger. They don't have to worry about. And that's how you know. And so there. So therefore, the behaviors of somebody born into status is a completely different set of behaviors than someone who is not born into status and it is best for the one who's born into status and very bad for ones who are not born into status so one that is born at a lower status can't be scoffing at uh, every, they, every little try, banana gonna... and can't be can't be uh, uh paying no attention to yeah, you know the, the right exactly so there's it, it's it is completely an emergent um uh, qualifier whether or not a, a, a given set of behaviors is good so there is no absolute no. best system here there are a bunch Especially of systems that have to adapt to situations which is why which is why it's, there's so much complexity right. Every, everything has to adapt to these uh, so many different situations and so mm -hmm. that's why i was you know talking about this is that it sounds like um when you start talking about it's like this is the exception well they're all exceptions in other words there's so many different ways of being that they're all kind of exceptions uh and so it's only because we uh, say the socialization well socialization itself can be broken up into many many different things and so yes focusing on who's got the who's got the bananas who's you know uh, uh who's powerful who is you know on the outs who, so, who will give me an opportunity to rise in the hierarchy who is all of these things that have to do with the social brain yes they are absolutely critical to survival and reproduction inside of a gregarious uh set of animals and, and that is that is the single biggest determinant when you are inside the group However, it is being outside of the group that that makes for an inventor's mind being highly superior because the moment that those individuals are on the outside of the group, it is instantaneously a death sentence if they do not have the ability to be an inventor and adapt to new situations. That is absolutely true. And that is part of what I've been talking about. The guess... So the most and most individuals conform to the socializer mindset that's why asperger's and autism is a very rare occurrence because that is a that is a situation that should only that's crop awesome. up and is only valuable when you're outside of the group and you're supposed to be inside the group most of the time but those individuals who do not have a capacity for the in invention and understanding of of and, and therefore adaptation those who don't do not possess that the moment they are outside of the group it is basically a death sentence they're not going to fucking survive at all however those who do have a capacity for it who can switch into a different mindset then that becomes the dominant mindset they have to adapt when they're on the outside they have to then switch gears into a different set of map schemas and therefore having them and then it is the dominant you know way of being at once they're on the outside those other behaviors that have to do with surviving uh, and being successful in a group are worthless trash at that moment and they're also worthless trash when the group itself is under extreme duress and it, it, the group itself a small group is going to uh, be eliminated all their socialization shit is is basically worthless and only those who are the inventors and who can who can create a new way of being for that group who can go find new new resources who can change the the way in which they they're no longer just going to weave baskets and and de depend upon their placement in the group they're going to do something else entirely those are the individuals that make the group survive. Those are the those are the reason that groups do survive. And having to have that exception 
that the ability to handle exception, exception handling, that's one of the biggest reasons why a simplistic programming fails is because it doesn't deal with exception handling properly. Mm. Exception handling is one of the biggest problems that you have in programming. It's one of the most tedious things that you try once you because it becomes nearly infinite when you start trying to as a programmer, that's one of the things that that you do is try to you try to kind of force things down a given path mm -hmm. because when you simplify things, you can handle uh, the borders that you and you try to make sure there's only these borders that the user can act within because mm -hmm. once you start actually dealing with exceptions it can become infinite and so there's a there is a, a, a trying to eliminate all those various things however nature can't just always have things within borders because reality just doesn't fucking work that way and so the, it does have to have this and that's why it has emergence as a basic principle it's a basic it's design a principle yeah. And it's and that's part of the way part of the reason why old attempts at AI sucked and they're fucking horrible is because they because we were doing it in our way which is to oversimplify whereas you to make it work in a way that it, you have to have emergence as a base principle the way of the way that you end up developing things it has to be able to come about because of its interaction with the situation so let's go back to what we're yeah, let's go well, back to the I paper now. I would even now. add Here. that inventiveness can be uh, seen uh, not like you were saying earlier. It's not just like creating a new widget. Uh, it could even be you know just a new way of thinking. Um, and uh, to bring this into the modern day, if anything, it seems like this adaptability that we're talking about. Uh, it, it, in fact, uh, being an individual might be an even uh, more important survival and reproductive. Uh, uh, metric because of the the social tensions that currently are happening like people are constantly getting kicked out of groups um, like they're constantly having to switch between a social individual social individual because of current climate uh, in the modern world I feel like you know a divorce you get kicked out of a whole family yeah uh, like yeah, just exactly. little things like that where we, we I feel like it's even more actually prominent uh, in this day and age to talk about the fact that that exception of not looking at status as the most important determinant, but in fact, having an individual thing is actually more important because of how chaotic right. and fluid our stuff is between groups and individuals these days. Yeah. Okay. So, but he does have a, a point of why it is uh, as a rule status. Right. So, if he said as a rule and gregarious animal, these, right, right. <laughs> then, then, then this would give uh, us two more qualifiers, and we're good. And then it's good. Yes. So establishment of predictable dominance hierarchy allows for order with the more complex events, but basically it is to make sure the reason why you have hierarchy in a group is to make sure that there is some sort of some level of order so that the group can act, can act as a group instead of being breaking into constant war. So therefore, what he's hinting at here is that social hierarchy itself plays a very important role in that when you don't have any kind of established hierarchy at all whatsoever, you constantly have competition between individuals. And that we can that see this is violence. true. And it doesn't have to be a, a direct, you know, a physical violence. Mm -hmm. It can be Psych you, psychic, yeah, psychic <laughs> violence, yeah, psychological <laughs> violence. So, all right. Um, or at least you know competition which mm -hmm. it, it can is very it's disruptive stress, it's, yeah. well it's just extremely disruptive and being you don't get you don't accomplish if you're busy competing you don't accomplish the the group's goal yeah, you don't get the group's goal done if you're busy competing you're not cooperating yeah and, and, and we and, and we we actually uh gave a great demonstration of that earlier no, so <laughs> i'm just trying to understand 
No, you weren't. You were you were contradicting me. All right, so let's. Uh, okay, so status tracking is so important that group and neocortical size are tightly correlated among primates, and the advancement uh, worth fighting for. Uh, an advancement worth fighting for. Okay, so. Juvenile chimps, our close cousins, share many map schema with children, including those related to dominance hierarchy maneuvering. Uh, these manifest themselves first, innocently enough, as teasing. Teasing becomes more serious with age, but less frequent. The infant uh, engages in little pushes from behind, jumping away when dominant peers and eventually higher ranking... No, no, no. The infant engages... Uh... Uh, in little pushes from behind, jumping away when the adult reacts. Oh, okay, yeah, I've moved the computer. I was trying to readjust myself. The adolescent male here. manifests full-fledged charging displays, seeking to dominate peers, and eventually higher-seeking adults. Higher-ranking. Higher-seeking. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have noticed the problem. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it does really go well. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it does go well together. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the demonstration. All right, so adults form... Uh, sophisticated coalitions jockeying for position. Such jockeying become horrifically violent. Uh, in, uh, the fact of innate dominant striving, however, buttressed by aggression, does not mean that chimps or humans lack social feeling or that they simply come to inhibit their aggression through fear or forethought. Uh, primates are gregarious, much as uh, as aggressive, even in the aftermath of violent encounters. Okay, so he's trying to point out that it's uh, that there is still uh, a a general being together of the group even after violence. And so, in other words, it's uh, they may fight, but they there's still an overall cohesion of the group. I think is what he's trying to bring out there. Agnostic and cooperative behaviors. Um, are not simply opposed to one another. Agnostic and cooperative? Yeah, such a strange that is, use of... What the fuck? Not knowing and cooperative behaviors. That makes no sense at all. Uh, he must have meant aggressive and he got autocorrected. He must have been aggressive and misspelled and then autocorrected. Well, aggressive and cooperative. If Because if it meant... It's a, I think that's got to be what it is. Because agnostic yeah, just does not go there. Makes no sense. Uh, more aggressive social creatures creatures may have to be more affiliative period uh that is agonistic oh you're right there we go agonistic oh my god that makes so much more oh sense. god i never heard that word used that way though you hear antagonistic so much more frequently than agonist what the agonistic is, what is that yeah that's that is who the fuck uses that okay causes them great agony it's very agonistic Agonistic. All right. Um, <laughs> what a weird word. Well, agonism in, I mean, especially him, because in ag agonism is activation of a receptor. Right. So it's like you're using agonistic, and that's, it's just terrible. Okay. Um, interaction can be cooperative at one level and competitive at another. Uh, the dominance hierarchy is, in fact, a form of extended cooperation. It's establishing the frame for within hierarchy striving. And aggression is counterbalanced by, by two powerful regulatory processes. One is innate and internal, the other emergent and social. The internal process is empathy, the ability to feel another's experiences. Uh, the maternal circuitry governing empathy is deeply rooted and modulates response to those deemed kin. 
he's using so much of a non he's making such just direct statements instead of having a, a flowing conversation here um, so he's saying the internal uh, part is governed by empathy and so therefore that's what's holding groups together is that and that's what establishes the the um, Okay, so I think something we talked about in the earlier podcast was that there there is a scale scale based hierarchy, and that uh, at one scale a behavior is destructive, and at another scale it is uh, uh, constructive, mm -hmm. and that there uh, and that's why you've got these uh, op oppositional sets of behaviors where uh, it is it's good what's good for the group is sometimes bad for the individual, and you know, and vice versa, depending on time scales and things like that. And so I think he's. He's kind of trying to bring that out that there's these all multiple scales and that you know uh, that there is uh, this opposition uh, that is that's kind of uh, brought out I think that's what he's trying to, to bring out here all right uh, moving along because he doesn't give any verbiage around it. he's just making no, declarative just, statements right. which is really not very good all right uh, chimps are predatory they hunt monkeys and raid foreign sp uh, conspecifics a chimp might even maim or kill a troop mate during an uh, intensely agonistic dispute. Ant let's say antagonistic. It's not agonistic. That's weird. Um, oh, agonistic definition of relating to or being aggressive or defensive social interactions, fighting between individuals usually of the same species. Uh, it seems to be a jargon word in a okay. particular field. All right. That, okay, that field jargon. It. Got it. Makes sense. All right, so it's just field jargon. Yeah. Um, Clearly, there is no inevitable uh, internal limit on their aggressive map schemas. Inevitable internal limit. Like, at what point do you stop? How do you mean? That's. It seems like it. They even might maim or kill a troop mate during intensely agonistic disputes. So they may. Uh, so the the point is that when there's enough of a dispute, even amongst the troop, it may end in death. So there's no internal limit uh, on aggressive map schemas. Duval has suggested instead that it is the whole troop that constrains the ambitious individual becoming agitated in mass when any battle goes too far. So in other words, it is the, it is the group that limits individual. Um, you know, it's basically, not, it's not an internal thing. It's right. A, so is a uh, so. Basically, with, within chimps, there is no internal moral compass necessarily. Mm -hmm. It is constrained by the group. Uh, so, right. So the law of the group uh, uh, is what keeps individuals from, from continually trying to move upward. By they kill, have no by, morality by killing, of their own. <laughs> right. By killing all those around. Uh, I don't agree. I think there is a, uh, that a lot of them have an internal, um, because, it, 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 because the group cannot always because then they'd all they have to do is just murder in secret. Altruism is baked into every group. Right, and so I completely, I completely disagree that they that they have no internal moral compass. But I think there's a maybe lot it's of, chimps specifically. I think, or no, I think uh, that because they could just take a group, take an individual off in, uh, and they they would develop secretive killing at that right. point. Why, uh, why would you not? If right. you could eliminate your competitors. Right, and then who knows why they died? Oh, no, no, it's not like they've got fucking investigators among chimp chimp groups. <laughs> they have DNA evidence. Right, they don't have DNA <laughs> evidence for who murdered them, so they just always just, they they just murder people off in the uh, to the side, and so that's that that I think there definitely is an internal limit. It's just it is uh, uh, it's sometimes overcome by situations. 
it's it is situ situationally emergent that there are time that there's a there there is exceptions where a, a, the individual of a troop will you know murder one of its troop mates. Feels like it's still rooted in sociality though. Oh it's yeah. Like it's still some sort of like quorum sensing like are how how mad are people gonna be if I this kill, time? Right. If, if I, I, I kill this motherfucker. Right. right. So well, I I think that there are probably individuals that have internal moral compasses that are more that are stronger than those that do not. I mean, I think there's definitely. A level of uh, various levels because they're going to have different map schemas. I think certain Im individuals are going to have more of a, a limit than others. Right. Uh, and so I don't understand why they would say that there's not a limit amongst the whole group because some some individuals. Literally two paragraphs ago, he yeah. said that individuality or is individuals it, it, are is how all these complex issues are solved. Right. So and then it's like, lot, and right? then and then <laughs> judging that the whole group ha doesn't have. I think that there are definitely individuals. Uh, who don't have, who are basically sociopaths among the primates as well, right. and then and they'll try, they'll continue to cut, keep climbing. And yes, those individuals have to be constrained by the group, otherwise they will just keep murdering uh, and, and keep trying to raise in the social hierarchy. Well, the question is um, that's brought up: um, Do you need to display publicly your social dominance over someone? Uh, how can you rise in social dominance if it's a uh, because they it simply there's a vacuum there's a vacuum of power if the if the person above you if you automatically become well it's a hierarchy so right. whoever's on the bottom moves up whoever's right. the vice president becomes the president exactly you kill everybody above you and you know now you're at the top it's just it's... and everyone below you will continue staying there right and unless you, make you get killed right unless they <laughs> kill you which is of course why you don't have everybody killing each other because it would end up being a constant warfare and which is part of what he was saying before. It's like, and so, and so there is disruption of the hierarchy, and disruption of the hierarchy absolutely does occur. Mm -hmm. And and there are and there will always be development of uh, behaviors that are parasitic. Parasitic. In other words, that is basically killing other individuals is a parasitic behavior, and paras uh, parasitism will always uh, will always be attempting to tear apart groups. Mm -hmm. uh, there will always be different varieties of parasitism that will arise and be tested and the group will be tested and if it fails under the parasitism well then the group itself eventually dies and goes away so it needs to develop groups have to have immune systems yeah. The yeah. groups have immune systems and they have mimetic immune systems and that's why i like to call it memes because groups and their map their their map hierarchies that he's talking about those things actually work together yeah. they all work together as a larger system exactly there is a larger interworking system that is is crucial and so not just the individual systems but the the group of systems and the way that those systems interact with each other is itself another layer and that and that is a, a collection that has to work together properly okay so let's continue forward on the paper the paper um chimps are predatory they hunt monkeys and raid foreign conspecifics uh okay no that's where we already i already read that uh just instead the whole group can uh okay Devall uh has suggested instead that it is the whole troop that constrains the ambitious individual becoming agitated in mass when any battle goes too far yes so there are certain individuals that are overly ambitious basically they are the the attempt at parasitism that uh that has emerged and it has to be constrained by the group uh thus a well socialized individual may not generally need a superego uh okay so they're saying that superego is a development uh and so if if an individual is, is very 
uh, subservient to the group. In other words, they're very large. They're, then you don't necessarily need a superego. In other words, any kind of self-regulation doesn't necessarily need to happen. I disagree. I think that there is a, a well, okay, calling it a superego does make it complicated. Um, because there, I think there is uh, self-limiting moral behaviors within the genetic profile of behaviors that are determined um, kind of beforehand, somewhat determined beforehand. Uh, and so, so there is the this, there is some level of self-limitation. But yes, it seems that though as though amongst animals, there's not as much self-limitation among, as amongst humans. However, mm -hmm. there's tons and tons of of examples of self-limitation and and putting off instant gratification amongst various animals Same everything species. yeah various especially uh dolphins. species with with you know uh dolphins corvids right dolphins corvids there's a bunch of probably different, elephants yeah and almost certainly other primates um so, so i don't know about that uh if he if he is acceptable to his peers the modulating effect of their reactions re will remain at hand and effective um not if he goes and murders them in secret uh when human children are socialized they learn socialized alternatives to violence which serve as more effective means to uh social status they do not simply inhibit the uh, primal aggressive circuits instead they integrate these circuits into more sophisticated behavioral games yeah exactly social games uh, the child organizes her primary impulses into a higher order low resolution map schema within the confines of the dominance hierarchies she inhabits absolutely so basically what they're talking about is uh instead of direct aggression it, you uh, everything starts starts to be done through um what's the, what's the other word uh oh, yeah no and, uh, well they call it when you're you're damn i can't think of the word um what do they call it when you're when you're when you're being an asshole to people and you make sure that they don't that, that nobody could call you yes passive aggression thank you sure. when you're being an asshole and you to make sure that nobody can call you on being an asshole uh that's passive aggression so yes so what they're saying is humans developed passive aggression to you know uh as a way to do things it's basically secret aggression um and he doesn't say that specifically but that is that i think is what he's referring to uh, such organization is mediated by empathy and then by play. Play is uh, early social cognition. When children play, they adapt their actions to each other. They produce and then share a perspective and work towards a common goal. Uh, that's weird to say, since a lot of times they're working towards entirely different goals. Uh, that that is strange. maybe Canadian kids are more cooperative, but I don't, know, I don't know what the hell he's talking about here. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, they produce and then share perspective and work towards a common goal. Maybe what? when they're playing games like Red Rover. Okay, maybe like, when they're make, playing cooperative games. Like Duck Duck Goose. He's, you know, not, he's not talking about the like social gaming. He's talking about just, just actual kids, just children's kids games. Kids humaning. Right, <laughs> yeah. children. No, literally other. children's games. Right. Okay, like they, as the as that symbol typically means, not when we're talking about social interaction sorts mm -hmm. of things. Uh, they embody the same map schema to to the benefit of both. The capacity to do so unfolds in, uh, developmentally, starting with the body, uh, in direct physical contact with others' bodies. Uh, the maturing child begins by constructing small-scale motor patterns designed to attain individually motivated ends. Play is purely individual at this stage. Ritualized schemas develop skills, skilled play habits, but no cognitive patterns, much less rules. 
What? No collection. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, Piaget. Okay. Um, the children, the child plays alone, practicing a repertoire of functional actions and conceptions from the spinal bottom of Swanson's control hierarchy to the cortical top. Plays alone, practicing a repertoire of functional actions and conceptions. Okay, so what they're saying is basically a child is playing a scientist with social, uh, and, and they're, they're basically kind of trying out social interaction schemes to well, see what, a, what works. Well, he's talking about motor skills. He's talking about just purely physical skills. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, is way, they did mention that infants do the pushing thing and that they do physically interact with each other mm -hmm. in, a, in a teasing, dominancy, hierarchy-seeking way. Uh, before there are statable rules, there are behavioral patterns. Absolutely, yes. So what he's saying is that they, they, the rules are something that they kind of figure out. They get their own sense of, oh, these are the rules of the world. And without anybody telling them, these are the rules of the world. Uh, we do have a, a question, uh, or a repeat question from Chad. Uh, that uh, they're, having, they're having an issue with your murder in secret uh, theory. Um, that for a chimp, murder in secret is super dangerous. Uh, there's a large chance the victim turns the tables, thus lots of risks for little reward because the chimp only moves up over that one chimp. Yeah, well, of course, there's there's always competitive pressures between like risk versus reward. Well, it, it seems like you'd find try to find any yeah, advantage well, you could. Right, and it's, it's the same reason why we have sociopaths who who murder in uh, in humans as well. As a lot of times it has to do. And with, we have mass, mass shooters too. There's right. those who want to do show a public dominance uh, display, and then there's those who fucking just do it in secret. You yeah, have both. and, and the, but the point is that there that these behaviors are uh, you know there is a risk versus reward absolutely, and so but that is not uh, that doesn't discount the value of the strategy. Right, and, that, and and also there's not a consideration of risk that really happens with chimps and even with humans. That, that's why punishment is not a, a very good system of uh, limiting people's behaviors because because that a lot of times they uh, okay. Let's talk about let's talk about humans. Well, uh, recidivism and things mm -hmm. like that. It's you could you could literally you could take a human being and make uh, jail be the most hellish experience that they have uh, that they worse than they could possibly conceive of, and then. And then after letting them out, they will still do something that'll get them in jail because people do not well. Uh, okay, a lot of times, people who go to jail are stupid. Okay, they just don't. They get, have literally traumatic brain injuries. Right, a lot of times they're they do. Brain, have, they're brain they don't damaged. consider the fact that this will lead to this. They, there's not a consideration of the future, and so people who consider the future all the time and are thinking about the future all the time don't really understand like. the way that uh, other brains work that are not at all considering the future a lot of times they're only considering what's going on right now there is no future going on in their brain and they, and so the likelihood of x happening is not going something that happens uh, in their brain and so and so when you lower that even further to primates there's just trying out different okay there's completely random mutations of behavior they're the random in other words they're like this mutation of brain you know, uh, uh, receptors leads to certain behaviors. There, there, there's different random, random mutations of so, brain structure that give certain behaviors, and so that leads to attempting various things. And the, and whether or not there is a risk 
that that does end up constraining it because those who didn't just take the risk sometimes they end up they just end up dying but then there's there would be those who do who take the risk and win and they would continue forward and they would go up in the hierarchy so, so instance, yes they would there would be those individuals who successfully murdered in secret and therefore went up in the hierarchy and were rewarded and therefore continued their genes forward so that's the point and we have that in humans we clearly developed evolutionarily that system in humans it, it is survivable so why don't monkeys have it why aren't monkeys killing in secret uh, well, they they occasionally do. That's why that's how a lot of times during troop war and they like you have different troop wars. They will kill individuals. There are little things well, like I that know happening that, um, to a certain extent. Actually. There's individual uh, the, the the male will kill babies. Yeah, that happens. And so and but... so there is. But well, what was what was our original? You know what? Yeah, what's our original bring... thesis here that that's we're that we're, why, we're why talking did, about? Why did we well, bring it up in the first place? Because uh, uh, we're talking about status right. and um, gregariousness. And uh, working within groups. Um, so so the, okay, so the original thesis is that uh, that indiv that group morality. Are predatory, that they, right. They're predatory. They're only constrained. Group, they're by only constrained outside. by the group. And well, I mean, the, the, at a certain point, human beings, everything is only constrained by that which is outside of it. You know, and right. but because that which is outside of it is what made it in the first place. We're actually we are an expression of everything outside of us over a long enough period of time. Sure. We're simply the convergence of a, a, a large set of events. So I mean, there, the fact that we're, we're we're having this problem is is because we create these arbitrary borders mm -hmm. on what a thing is. We're saying a human is a thing, and the truth of the matter is a given human or even a species of human is not just one single individual thing disconnected from its environment. It is an expression of environment over time. We are the convergence of events. So basically what he said was that clearly there is no inevitable internal limit to the aggressive map schema. And you said, ah, no, right. there is. Yeah, there is an internal limit because it is good to limit those those behaviors which could... It's good for survival. Yeah, it could end in... Because in, when it comes down to it, altruism is by itself uh, a selfish behavior. Yeah. That, you know, be, being altruistic the benefits group, the group yeah. then the group benefits the individual mm -hmm. and so so everything actually is even love okay here's the thing anything you want to see is beautiful moral all of those things they are actually there's a way to view them as a completely cold dead just good for it's it's just it's just game theory it's just you know mechanics it's just the best way to fucking do it that's the that's the reason why animals have Things like love and things like morality and things, you know, these concepts of beauty and all those, all those things are an expression of the way, the best way to do things, period. And, and so you can view that as cold and dead or you can just simply choose to view reality as reality. And there are things that are beautiful to us and that's just part of, you know, so I guess there, we do beautiful? have to, exactly. <laughs> and so, so you can, you can choose to see a, a mother nursing her child and, and sacrificing herself for her child as beautiful and something that is, you know, worthy and good. Or you can choose to view it from a, a dead, cold perspective that she's maximizing her genes. And the, both of the things are true. Neither one of those things, they, they seem in opposition only because that's just a, a habit that we have of seeing these things in opposition. They're not in opposition. They are the same thing. Uh, you can simply view all of reality as just this cold, dead, mechanical you know, structure that leads to you know, the best out outcomes are the ones that end up surviving. But the, the point is that you know, there still is these things that are harmonious, that, uh, you know, there are certain things that harmonize with what reality is, and we see that kind of as beauty. And so, you know, it's, 
I guess it, it, there's kind of this perspective that you kind of have have to understand that I have underneath the surface that I'm not, you know, I, I didn't necessarily say from the get-go here, but yeah, yes, that's true. There, there is a, um, there's a reason why having an internal moral compass is valuable to a given individual because you go and you murder outside the group and do it in secret eventually they, it could end up biting you in the ass uh, and so being a moral individual and having an internal moral compass and an internal limiter is valuable to that individual and among humans we have both right. both the strategies are alive and well right we have we have pe people who are only constrained by the group that is absolutely true and there are pe people who have an internal fucking moral compass and that is true and it's not you know, and they're both valid survival strategies. Right, exactly. So far, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> they both ended up surviving. One so. of them might peter out soon. <laughs> we'll see. And, and the reasons why we think of certain things as good or not, uh, for me, the reason why I think of something as good or not is because I look at things from a perspective of what is going to come about, what's going to bring about the end of a species. Because species mm -hmm. do go extinct. Yeah. The reason they go extinct a lot of times is because they have mutated improperly to to no longer fit a in changing situation in their environment. Yeah. And a lot of times that has to do with short certain short sightedness. They're using up all their resources. Like as a group, the group is using up all the resources and comes to an evolutionary dead end and goes fucking extinct. That happens all the fucking time. That's why there's, you know, billions of species that have gone in a extinct. And so therefore the way I see things as a good behavior, as a good human has, has a lot to do with whether or not it's going to lead to that destruction and suffering at that, that, you know, eventually, either makes us go nearly extinct or makes us go extinct you know that that is a bad behavior and so but from a short-term perspective it may be seen as a good behavior you know simply I, I hate trying to find a good something that seems to be a universally good behavior and then showing how it's bad but you can do that okay right. you can show how what seems to be a universally good behavior can go terribly fucking wrong and therefore be a bad behavior it's I like telling the truth yeah, there's... Somebody comes to your house, asks, where's your family? I'm going to kill them. Oh, right there. <laughs> no, they're, they're back there. <laughs> Whereas it, most of the time, telling the truth does actually help the, the, the cohesion of the group. Yourself, and, and the group, everybody. It helps everybody because you work together better. So yeah, that's that. That's a good simple one. That's not terribly horrible. I, right. I think of things like you know protecting children end up being or, or feeding people or you know, the, yeah. and I can find a way that that ends up being a bad behavior. I can but show a situation. But that's, that's, all, that's a bad. But that's bordering on black magic because yeah, exactly. I don't want to talk about that. That's <laughs> that can inject too much cynicism. Right. So. So yes, morals. Every, everything that's good, it is just the best way of doing things. That's all it is. It's, we, it's because that is what ended up, those are complex systems that ended up leading to the survival of species. Um, hold on a second. There's something about, uh, what did he um, There's no inevitable internal limit. Um, there's something about the word inevitable that Charles is latched onto. Oh, well now, if, by, by saying inevitable, uh, I'm not quite sure I follow. But... Having that as a qualifier, that is something that we uh, that we weren't really talking about. Yeah, so, he yes. was. Yeah. I, I don't follow okay. that. <laughs> no, no. If he, say, uh, if he says, if he uses the, the qualifier, inevitable. that... Then, there's no inevitable internal limit to the then, yeah, aggressive that's a, map schema. Yes, absolutely. There's nothing. There's no absolute, is what he's saying. Oh, yeah, well. no, no shit. Yeah, so I'm not gonna disagree with that. Yeah, exactly. And so by using that qualifier, he did kind of escape anything that we were saying. In other words, there's no reason any to argue criticism. with him. Right, right. He is escaping any criticism because that is the appropriate way to say that there's no inevitable. Limit. We're just adding nuance to his statement. Right, that's and uh, and. <laughs> And uh, at this point, yeah, not arguing since he said inevitable, that would make it more correct. Um, 
And so there is a how you interpret what he means by inevitable. Because I would say maybe invariable uh, would be the way that uh, Charles is interpreting it, whereas inevitable, uh, you know, in a given individual, I was thinking a given individual does not have an inevitable. And the, the truth is, uh, I think there are certain in individuals who do have in, in, an inevitable lim limit. In other mm -hmm. words, there's a limit they will not cross almost under any fucking circumstances, period. And that, that can end up in their death. A lot of times when uh, there are... Let's take individual humans when they they're in an extremely dangerous. Let's take human beings on an island. Like there's all these different shows where these people is trying to survive. Uh, naked and afraid. Yeah. Sure. No. 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 Not naked and afraid. But like uh, I'm oh. I'm thinking of um, oh what's that show where they're like it's the island. Okay. That's yeah. It's actually called the Island. Uh, island where where oh, oh, where oh. you're in a, in a group where there's this this murderous type of individual who who is is dominating the group and will eventually uh, and, and has taken a disliking to you uh, and the truth of the matter is if you are the kind of person who will never under any circumstances ever murder it is inevitable that you'll fucking die by that asshole's hand and so therefore those people who are who will never cross that moral line because of their own internal moral compass. In that situation, they have, uh, they are maladaptive. They're, yeah. They're maladaptive because if that, if there's a hyper aggressive person who is trying to dominate everybody and has decided, has set their sights on you, they are going to eventually fucking murder you. And so, therefore, you have to have the ability to murder them first. And so, that is, <laughs> that, that is the situation where, yes, there are inevitable limits, and certain individuals have inevitable limits where they would never actually engage in first murdering someone, and therefore, under that extreme circumstance, that extreme exceptional rule, mm -hmm. I mean, that is a very exception, so where the exception then becomes the rule, and it becomes the dominant hierarchy, because otherwise you die, Yeah, that is a hyper, hyper, hyper situational exception but it happens and th therefore yeah you you by having good morals you end up dying yeah. and uh, they end up showing that on tv all the time uh, and they like to show that exception a whole lot uh, as if we don't already know yeah, it's like yes we know that there's that that exception Thanks, happens. game of thrones thank you we know yes we, we know. know we know evil prevails <laughs> under certain circumstances we know thank you yes <laughs> let's make sure that we don't have those circumstances where evil prevails um all right uh, where were we? As the child, I believe we're on page eight, um, second paragraph, second full paragraph. Yeah. Uh, Swan sends control hierarchy to the vertical top, uh, the end of... Okay, before there are stateable rules, there are behavioral patterns. Right. As the child progresses, complex social understanding emerges. The child imitates himself, using procedure to map procedure uh, at the initial embodied stage of genuine representation. Right. Huh? Uh, I think what he's saying is that uh, the child imitates himself using procedure to not procedure, like iterative. Practice in other words, exactly. Humaning. Right, doing it again and seeing whether or not there is success, and okay. and so that's why you actually see uh, kids like do Trial very repetitive uh, processes. Why oh they're doing very God. repetitive processes? Oh, they so especially if it's like a joke or something, they just say it over and over and over until they get a reaction. <laughs> Right, they're it's testing. They're, it's it's part of their it's, it, it's part of them sciencing basically. Yeah. They they are trying to figure the scientific out scientific method. Right, they're they're, <laughs> they're it's like okay, and, and so so now I've just established that this is a successful behavior. Is that mine? Uh, maybe that's not. mine, but I'm sure. Okay. Um, now that I've established this is a successful behavior, at what frequency is it successful? So mm. therefore, they have to repeat. True. Uh, and so they're they're testing. Good point. Yeah. Um, the, what is it? The used a word that was weird to me. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, so this is the, the, at the initial embodied stage of genuine representation. Any successful map schema is immediately replicated, practiced, automatized, and readied for future employment. Piaget. Uh, matter of fact, he, oh my, he's talking about Piaget all the time here, man. Because he's talking group, about children, of course. Yeah. Piaget and his research on children is I like, know, even I know about that. Yeah, everybody fucking loves Piaget. Uh, they, they're just constantly doing the uh, uh, references to Piaget in my, uh, in my uh, group. Yeah, just, oh my, oh my God, they fucking worship Piaget. Um, okay, and uh, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, you know, Piaget must have been around kids a lot when he was younger. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I noticed all these same things and I, I didn't read any of Piaget. Uh, all right, imitation that extends to others. Patterns, uh, patterned social interactions begin to emerge as the play partners exchange information about which reactions are desirable and a prototypical morality emerges, even amongst rats. Um, so let's see. Pattern social interactions emerge as play partners exchange information. Yep, okay. So basically, they're just saying that a type of prototypical morality emerges, and that's going to be dependent upon the, the group that is socializing. So there is a set of map schemas within a little social group that emerges through the play systems, and therefore you have your little social hierarchies. You have little prototypes develop, for what works. Right, and, and the ones that are the most successful at convincing the others and things like that because of their particular schemas end up being the popular kids. All right. Um, <laughs> All right, control over map schema formation shifts to emergent systems of more complex control. Hippocampal maturation allows for deter determination by context. Um, mm -hmm. The orbitofrontal uh, orbit and dorsolateral prefrontal uh, cortices increasingly grant abstractions value status. So, uh, as so now, then what you're saying is that uh, there is a development of certain brain areas that we see in children as they as they age and start to become teenagers, mm -hmm. and then you have uh, basically abstractions that gain uh, value, uh, removing the individual from the short-term horizon of basic motivation. So that they're saying is that as a human uh, goes from child to teenager to adult. There, there, we see this development of brain areas, which we can then trace to these behaviors, which are uh, going from very, you know, physical interactions as a child and these repetitive behaviors to uh, development of social um, uh, schemas and, and uh, situations that are dependent upon their, their socialization. And then that has all these, these symbolic meanings, etc. And so they go from basic motivation to symbol-based motivation. The so thing that he started. Right. So he's saying these complex things, they end up becoming abstract symbols uh, for, for various things. And so that's part of how we socialize and we do carry out social behaviors without necessarily recognizing that they are social behaviors. They become very automated. What do you mean? Uh, People do social social interaction things all the time. Oh, okay. Like little social aggressions social against each other and things like that. They're completely oh, automatic. Social hierarchy is a right. dominance hierarchy behavior. Dominance that we hierarchy, don't and and so that's why a lot of times people who are the unpopular kids be, uh, uh, stay the unpopular kids the rest of their lives because they uh, they 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 they've adopt automated. that schema. They've adopted that schema, <laughs> and they're they're just mo they're just continuing on from the schemas that they developed during the development of the brain. Uh, so that's kind of you know, what's intimated here. And that's why we all carry baggage from my childhood. <laughs> right, exactly, because of the <laughs> developmental process. Oh, um, specifically the map schema. Right. 
Um, higher order, okay. Higher order, more explicit, cooperative morality emerges around seven. Piaget. Piaget, okay. <laughs> Piaget over and over. Okay. Um, each child now, now tries to win to dominate the hierarchy of game achievement. Uh, at first glance, this appears competitive. However, all disagreements about the game have to be resolved before any attempt to play, let alone win, can begin. And all striving must remain civilized enough that the game can continue. So we're talking about sportsmanship rules. Uh, I think, yeah, I think maybe that's what a, he's talking about. The, is that we like, have to that it's either an emergent property or uh, imposed? But there unfortunately, are... because there's but there's there's like at least three different definitions of the word game here that are that are problematic. There's, there's game, game theory, theory yeah. which is very important in this context. There's social games. There's social games, which are just playing these little dominance hierarchy that I have to use abstractions struggle. to talk about all the dominance hierarchy struggle that are games themselves. And, and then there's games. child's <laughs> literal, literal games. games, right? So, which are also so I think he's talking about games. child's literal games i think so too yes and that's where when child's games go from being completely undefined bullshit to actually having de defined rule sets and they are actually around seven he's saying around particular. around seven they actually have real actual rules to games so are they practicing for a cooperation here or what are they practicing i don't know uh i don't know what he's saying uh, well because uh, what i'm trying to say is that a lot of times when animal children play it is practice for some adult activity and so I just wonder if that also holds true for everything that humans do, or because we have so many abstractions. Well, to some extent, a lot of it's uh, a lot of it's just uh, coming from our primate primate ancestry. Um, so, at first place, uh, at first glance, it appears competitive. However, all disagreements about the game have to be resolved before any attempt to play, let alone win. Now, that's not necessarily true. There's lots of kids who purposefully got keep changing the rules. As part of the second level game, we were talking about the second and definition. And eventually, nobody competitive. wants to play with them anymore. No, not necessarily. They, they, Except they everybody have a lot of cool toys. They do. No, no, no. It's <laughs> not even that. Uh, a lot of times, what happens is they're using their social hierarchy. A popular kid, when they mm. start changing the rules to the game to it's win to over and over, they, they're testing their, their followers. Right. And the followers then go, yes, that's the new rules. And anybody who disagrees is on the outside of this group. Mm -hmm. And they develop a group. So and then they start pushing other people out. And if you're not good at the leadership. second level game while playing the first level game, then right. you say, no, this is the rules. And then they go, no, it's not. You haven't figured out the second level game we're playing. And that you is... figured out the real rules. Right. You're, you're, you, you've been caught on first level games. We're on second level games. You're clearly stupid. And behind the times, you go on the bottom. Exactly. Uh, and that's why a lot of people who are very much about the rules end up losing at social game. Because the the social game is something else. Yeah, it's a, they don't understand that it's right. they're having the same issue it's with more the complex. definition of game. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, they don't even know there's all these different right. different levels of game. Right. Uh, all right. So. Um, so talking about all disagreements about the game uh, have to be resolved. Yeah. Even these more complex play forms uh, emerge procedurally rather than explicitly. If the playing children are separated and interviewed individually, they give disparate accounts of the emergent game's rules. Uh, they still need uh, the information provided by the others' presence to maintain the game. Uh, I think these... Really interesting I stuff. think they're not recognizing what we're talking about here. Um, what do you mean? Uh, in other words, he's saying that the... In other words, he's saying that they need the others to, to determine the rules of the game, and it's... Uh, to, and it's because he's not recognizing that there are no hard rules. Yeah. He first says there's hard rules, and then shows that there uh, aren't any. Yeah, there aren't any hard rules. He, he, he's, he is <laughs> well, in this in this paragraph. 
he is contradicting himself. himself. Yeah. He's saying that there, there have to be rules before you can play, and then when we interview them, nobody knows the rules. But there are rules. Yeah, there are shifting rules but that are that are not determined. The point is yeah. that they're never de they're determined because they're they're extremely soft, dependent on all these these different things. Implies that everyone came together and agreed on it. Right, and this, so so he's wrong to start with, and that's uh, and, and it's so a that's, misnomer to call it determined because that, right. that paints it in a very different light. Right. Okay. So. Um, and so the second part, the, they still need information provided by the others. But I and, love that. Uh, present to maintain the game. I love yes, that. That's, that's a thing. absolutely I true. Love it. That's because it's a second level game <laughs> yeah. that most men fail at, actually. And it's entirely social, right. minute to minute calculation. There are no rules. <laughs> right. Uh, once a game becomes uh, once a game becomes a regular occurrence, however, it can be explicitly codified. You repeat um, it enough times, sure. Yeah. The pattern that uh, the patterns that constitute the game and the explicit description of the game come into alignment. Uh, the children map their own socially modified sensorimotor outputs and become conscious players. And I think they're not, here's the thing, with older research like Piaget that he's- uh, 1932, they, uh, folks. 1932, exactly. A lot of times they were only studying men and they were not studying females and females are better at second level games and they engage in sex. And once the game becomes codified like that, girls tend to stop playing. And also, because they're like, okay, they you're can't win. well. It, it's whatever. like, well, it's not just that. They, then the the boys are all going. These are the rules. You have to play by the rules. The rules are the rules because you can't play the game if you don't, and you can't determine who actually won unless you play the rules. And, and so the boys get fixated on the rules and start playing rule based games. And then girls go, "Fuck you! You're you're playing old that old stupid shit. You're not actually playing the the more powerful social game, which is to can to determine who is with you. So they and, and you have to keep shifting the point. rules if you want to determine who is with you, which is what's social game is uh, that's that is the power is determining who's with whom and at what level they are with whom and at what who they will support you against and who they will who they will defect with and the, de determining the support versus defection who and, and how much basically playing politics is the more important gregarious game not the de the determinate rules games determinate rules games are a lower uh type of game to Primates. Also, I think something needs to be said for 1932. Yeah. World War One, Dust Bowl, uh, the, the Great Depression, World War Two. There was a tremendous amount. World War Two later, obviously, but um, uh, there was a tremendous amount of coming together that people did for the war effort. World War Two. So clearly, we had a group of individuals that were more cooperative, uh, perhaps, than are now in mm -hmm. the 30s. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Rules based different kinds of humans. Rules based behavior uh, create creates hierarchies. And, and wasn't, so wasn't the Great it Depression creates stable hierarchies. Right around so, the 30s or when was no, the Depression was uh, yeah, I 19. think I, I get confused on that that uh, this is right because there's the, the roaring 20s and it's like wait right. a minute that was World was War that I? just before the depression I think the I think Great it was Depression the, World War 2 that's around the time where Piaget Well, World War 2 is is 40s. Yeah. yeah. Well, well ended in, ended in 44, I think. And it started in like 37. 38 like it started early yeah i guess I, 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 so point is it's right in there that's that's a very unique time people yeah. are very different so than, working than working now. together it requires rules absolutely so right. so, so I, development extra of, development of a hierarchy is very important yeah absolutely yeah, I, I agree you should you should PHA's definitely research. right exactly that, that it is when you're talking about an effective group they have to have a hierarchy and to have a hierarchy you have to have rules and you have to behave according to those rules so, and everybody has to behave yeah. according to the rules however people are gonna however, be however when we're talking about competition there is social competition and when you're attempting to 
be a, to be a good competitor, which is to be good at social war, then being good at social war is breaking is constantly redetermining the rules to test who is with whom. And so basically being a deceiver and and playing little basically constantly redefining things and and playing all those games. That is the more powerful weapon because we're talking about a weapon and, and which destroys hierarchy because you want to destroy the hierarchy if you need to move up in it. Sure. So constant destruction of hierarchy is is, what... is better social game. Right, so back to that question. Um, you said that girls stop playing the game once the rules become codified and uh, no second level gaming is allowed. Is that um, because they know they can't? Because girls are, are, are usually, they are playing the second level game at all times. Right, and so when they're not allowed to, they just fuck off and create their own game? Right, or they're all, they're all, game, well, they or? just start, stop playing with boys. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, at that age, in, in, uh, so we're talking about developmentally. Right. Boys and girls play together when they're both the same kind of cooperative human, but then once the, the female hormones start to kick in, they stop playing with boys because they can't play well, second level Or the male straight. hormones uh, kick in and male, and, and male brains go, go, go more towards recognizing that, that rules are important. Mm -hmm. and, but, but, recognizing, but, but they overstay, that's when men start oversimplifying as well. They, start, they become more pedantic. Right, more pedantic, but then also create more, more uh, stable structural systems. While girls become more chaotic, but also able to disrupt stru structures that need potentially. To right. Be Sometimes there has to, there is value in disrupting structures that are stable. Stable structures eventually go bad. Not so, so there is not as often as it's important to build them, but whatever. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Absolutely. But you know that, and and that is part of why uh, old systems usually favored males in control i believe is because you don't you want a system to remain more stable therefore you need to more often it needs to be the the rule that you stay according even if it's a failing system or it's not a perfect system you need to stay with a system any system for a period of that time that explains patriarchy right yeah. like what people see as the actual truly yes there are men who are in charge in science and it's always been and they're men, trying and, they and they're trying like to, to stay to according to a set of rules and i personally have a sense. hard time with pedantics and their and their yeah, adherence yeah. to rules that is one of my biggest problems in science right but, now is, but, is that they are adhering to a system because it is good to adhere to a systems and it's terrible to adhere to a systems because there's because the system will eventually be no longer valid and yeah. so you have to break the system at some point and those people who are preserving the system eventually become the enemy and you have to stop them because they are they are preserving a system that's leading down a dead end but you have to preserve a system if yeah but you system. have to have preserve systems and then men have to be in charge. and then somebody has to break the system and so the system has to be broken that's why a lot of times women are the, are revolutionaries and they're part of revolution or, all, or most they of the time. engage with men in a way and, that it, right know. and that leads to revolution right no I mean, women actually lead to positive revolutions all the time because they are good at breaking systems and society Society listens to women because right. we value them. So, so that ha that is something that has to exist. Disruption of stable systems has to exist for for adaptation, uh, especially group adaptation. And so, of course, here the the the, the next uh, thing that comes up uh, on that is uh, when we're talking about higher level game, the social game. Um, the question is the lower level, the rules base, like the, the the basic level of the game, the foundational level of these are the rules. This is the game. This is us cooperating. That seems to be more important for survival than playing second-order right. games. It, no, but, no, second-order games get you higher in the hierarchy. So if the right. most important thing in a group is being higher in the hierarchy, 
because it's a people, because it's a stable group. Now, if it's not a stable group, if there or if the group is under duress, then playing according to the rules. In other words, more a stricter hierarchy is important when this group is under duress. When the group is under duress, they need to act more like a military. They need to be more hierarchical and stable, and a stable hierarchy needs to exist for them to behave as one unit. However, navigate it, it can become more advantageous to to socially climb when the group is then when the group itself is stable yeah, we, the, we, let's not forget that those are our social instincts and yes they are maladaptive it is definitely much better to play the basic rule-based game than it is to do social machination but bitches can't help themselves <laughs> <laughs> they can't well I, I think there are there are times that women they, I mean, okay i mean men women whatever here's the thing i would say going it's just as a rules versus rules versus exceptions i think is a is a conservative versus liberal mindset and that we have to have that's why we have to have kind of balanced mindsets do you go go with the rules or you go with the exceptions do you do you stay with a, a given stru structured hierarchical sort of systems or do you start to oh, build in more complexities look at the What's exceptions to try to determine which or... exceptions are the, uh, need to become the new rule uh, because that's what ends up happening when you destroy a system it can't be just for destruction it has to be replacement with a new system because you're trying to determine what the new emerging emerging rule is what's the new what why is the current stable system becoming obsolete mm -hmm. and so that is you're supposed to determine what not just simply destroy the old system it's like you, you don't just destroy a, a, an old building you have to have some reason to destroy the old building because you're going to build a new building that is more valuable more useful more a better use of that space and so that's there there that is where a lot of searching for what is the new set of rules what is the new the new system that will emerge and trying to predict that that i think that a lot of times that is what women are doing a lot of times oh, okay. uh, and it is it's searching and that is what more feminine male minds are right doing. right and people who are more towards the middle have a good balance of both that's why your extremists are such shit is because they're either completely destroying everything or just staying the fucking you know yes. hierarchical dumb shit uh, and, and so it's, you, you got Stay this absolute the, destruction the or, 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 or absolute chaos or absolute order and you have that's why the minds that are more in the middle are capable of adapting to the various situations and, and using both of them um wait a minute i feel like there's something else that you were stuff. uh that you were talking about well yeah the, the the point was basically um which one is um Let's see, uh, higher level social games, all okay, status determined. And in other words, I'm just trying to read into what, what is being said because, like, on one hand, yes, it is definitely better to, to cooperate um, for a good, for the good of the, the group. It seems like the thing that would survive evolutionarily would be the cooperate together to create a good society. Um, why would we need to have, but it's like, but no, but we've developed a social creatures doing nothing but social climbing. Well, cooperating is, means that you're cooperating for a purpose. If you're cooperating for a purpose, there is an inherent plan in the way that the cooperation comes together. Okay, so in other words, it's cooperating to do what? To, to do something, to gather resources, to gather what resources? So there's always, there's all of these things outside of the system that determine the structure of the system. And so therefore, there's the structure of the system that is, and the system is your group. When that, 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 the structure of that group, in other words, you got a certain number of basket weavers, you got a certain number of fishermen, you got a certain number of, and, and the way all that works is dependent upon the availability of reeds, the availability of a given fish, the availability of, a, you know, who's making nets? Well, can you catch a certain kind of fish with a certain kind of net at this given time? And so your whole, your whole structure is all dependent upon things outside of it. Right, so, so the idea is that, yes, cooperating gives you resources, therefore increases your survival. So why the fuck would we ever play second level? Why would that be 
because okay. Survived, I guess. Well, then you, there, then there's another. There's Aside various levels. Okay, so within a group, you have it. Uh, I think part of the value of being more like a military amongst, like, say, you got hunter gatherers, and mm -hmm. so you got women gathering, men hunting. There are uh, working together and not caring about uh, who's got what is more is very important to things like hunting. So whereas. Whereas when you're gathering, you have to be looking at subtleties and very selective and, you know, like uh, what, what berry is the, the ripest. And then you have to be able to compete, compete for the resources that you're gathering for your individual family. Uh, and so there's, there's a level, Some I think, would say you I think it's better with, to be um, somewhat competitive as a female than it is as a male. In other words, it is more dangerous well, okay. as a male to be competitive. Because there's a, more negatives as a male to be, to be more competitive amongst each other once you'll, you've, you'll once you've established society. And so, it, so there's okay. longer periods of time. So there's stability and then there's, 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 times of stability and times of chaos now there's there is competition and cooperation and amongst both. men as well it's just yeah. i think it's a it's Which a time scale the beat do you get, you know? well, it's a, well it's just a time scale thing in other words for women i think there's a shorter time scale that that the cycles of of competition are valuable mm -hmm. in and so it is more it is more valuable to and the type of competition they do is usually much less aggressive it is much less much, much less it's, it's, intense it's more leveraging and small right and they're still than... yeah exactly there's small amounts and it's there and they almost never get to the point where they kill each other whereas men there's no aggressive whereas men do so so no they, so men go longer without competitive stints and then their competitive stints are far more strong yeah exactly more intense. right more intense yeah uh, but that, does, that makes so much sense because as a as a male uh group you need to cooperate in order to catch uh, a predator while uh because there's one of them and you know, like in other words, it, it's it's a much higher risk thing to mm -hmm. do to go after an animal. While women, they have like a fucking field of berries. There's a shit ton of fucking berries, and if you're and then you pick a certain number of berries, and some are less ripe than others, and then you get to do the little social stuff of who gets the ripest berry. And it's, it's well, really and not, not, that not just that. Deal. You're also very close to each other. There's uh, uh, there's much more talking available. In other words, like men have to be quiet while they're hunting. Women can be women communicating. Uh, constantly so they can be constantly testing each other's loyalties, right. testing, you know. And checking uh, in with each other that we're still cool, even though we might have this hierarchy thing, but we're still, you know, they're Yeah, we're still we're still a group, other, but, right. we're, but we're trying to find out what's the best, you know, how can I get higher in my group, uh, you know, and mm -hmm. how can I, or, or how can I at least protect my position or keep from getting lower or, you know, all of those various things that, that they can be doing that mm -hmm. is part of not just the gathering, but also part of the, mm -hmm. the system of navigating that hierarchy and, and identifying, oh, well, somebody's there, there is a new position about to become available because somebody's sick, somebody's sick. And so therefore the, the, the hierarchy is about to shift. So it's time to go into figuring out who's, you know, who's going to be in that new position. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, there's, there's a lot of different reasons why, I mean, the, the that, that competition would be more, uh, it would be on a, on, a sh on a shorter time scale, I suppose. All right, so higher order, more explicit, cooperative morality emerges around seven. Each child now tries to win, to dominate. Okay, I think that's too far back. Um, all right. Uh, okay, the, the play forms emerge procedurally rather than explicitly. If playing, if the playing children are separated, they um, they don't know the rules. Uh, We're right see. there, right past PJ. Right. The second. Well, the second one, yes. Yeah. Um, the children map their own socially modified, modified sensor motor outputs and become conscious players, able to inhabit 
fictional, social, dramatic worlds, uh, highly abstracted and communal map schemas. It is the ability to establish these joint schemas that allows for the modulation of motivation and emotional and emotion towards some shared end. So I think what they're talking about is um, right here, they're talking about games of imagination where they say we're playing this game and they're the, the you know lava. you're the dragon and right, yeah, exactly the floor is lava and the play of the tea party and you know all the, that kind of uh, pretend stuff is a um exercise exactly an exercise in cooperation um and, and sharing map schemas mm -hmm. and, you know basically sharing a goal what do we what do we do in given situations this is what we do in given situations um, in a good um, game, there are many opportunities for joint game. There's no need to be predatory or defensive, so there's little need for violence. Well-socialized adults add their opinions to the process, insisting that players play fair and act as good sports. Uh, how you play the game is more important than whether you win or lose. That's an important schema. <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Being more cooperative with each other. That is, except that is... He's, he's veering into opinion here about well-socialized adults mm -hmm. um, that say act, insisting that players play fair. I don't that see is, a citation, so yep. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that he, that's his opinion. I don't uh, completely agree. I somewhat agree with what he's saying, but it's, there is, uh, there's, there's definitely some room for variation in that. Um, the adults know Im implicitly that life is a sequence of games and that those who, are, who play properly during a given game become the popular players of many games, benefiting cumulatively from, each, from playing each. Thus, a vital form of metamorality emerges. The best player is he who is invited to play the most games. Sacrificing a future invitation for present victory is a counterproductive long-term strategy. Yes, what he's talking about is that in amongst social games, you have to be make sure that you are popular, and that is you have to be in, you have to be you in well with, with the group. And this goes back to what I was saying about a social brain versus an inventor brain, because an inventor brain is one that is specialized towards individual survival instead of specializing towards this. What he's um, talking about. I want to read. Um, I want to read this uh, footnote. Um, let's see. Where was it actually added? Where is eleven here? Somewhere on this page, there is 11. There it is, even among rats. Um, patterned social interactions begin to emerge as the players' partners exchange information about which reactions, actions are desirable, and a prototypical morality emerges even among rats. When juvenile rats are paired together repeatedly in rough-and-tumble wrestling bouts, one rat will end up on top more frequently. However, if the now-dominant rat pins its playmate more than 70% of the time, the subordinate who initiates play sequences, begins to ignore the victor, and play diminishes. Dominant rat must learn to respond to the cues of the subordinate if it wishes to keep playing. Such modulation lays the foundation for the higher order morality, keeping aggression and other potentially antisocial schema properly regulated among rats. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. As a child, I was a pedantic, and uh, whenever I played games, I played games to win every fucking time. Uh -oh. And so I would, so I would absolutely uh -oh. crush and dominate every player I played against. 100% of the time. 100% of the time, would almost never fucking Ooh, lose. That's 30% more than And you, people you can. stopped 
playing with me. You were not invited to any more games. I was not invited to games. Aww. Yes. It's a... <laughs> no, I eventually figured that out and started yeah. letting people win all the time. Yep. And so... It, started flying down, basically. But the, the, the thing is, I figured that out consciously instead of figuring it out subconsciously. As and, rats and, and others do. And w those with strong social emotions who are not pedantics, who are, who are not autistic spectrum have that built in in a feeling sense it comes to them through they don't have to figure it out it comes to them automatically as a behavior that they have automatically they don't have to figure that shit out i had to figure out oh people aren't playing with me because, because i am dominating them it could have been any number of things so you had to like go through the the scientific right. method process i had to sit there and say why was it and it's like okay if i if i want to play more games i'm going to have to let these people win that's the, that is something I had to figure out explicitly, mm -hmm. and I, there are people who figure out lots of subtle things like that. Uh, not necessarily that one. That one's so so obvious that maybe yeah. that is kind of a uh, thing that a lot of people end up figuring out uh, explicitly. Uh, I, I don't. I don't even know. Uh, but there's a lot of things like that that come I th from. I think most people that are just come be from like... strong um, systems already built into their. Uh, in other words, they're, they're strong social systems built into their instincts they are more right, they have strong schemas right well and and, and it's very automated in other words they we're, become to, to a pedantic to a rules a more rules-based mind to the autistic spectrum inventor mind there is it, it, it's too explicit mm -hmm. and things are things are much more explicit because it is a that is a basically i think that a, a lot of times that stress may actually modulate the um uh the expression of uh of autism and um asperger's i think well, that it definitely know it modulates um other social right like venting behaviors and things like that which completely completely makes sense on, on evolutionary terms if a child is undergoing extreme stress it's likely that that's an indicator that it's outside the group and so therefore it, it will it, it will have to find ways to, to and so therefore the system that engages is automatically via stress it should therefore engage individual survival Right. Systems. The, the status so, system from a programming from a programming standpoint, you need something that is that senses the environment, switches systems. And we're back to that argument of <laughs> right. status versus individual. Right, and so therefore, it's so so that's when you have when you have that this stress. I think it, it, and that's one of the things that they find, by the way, yeah. is that it increases in memory, and there's a lot of different things that happen uh, to a child under stress. And my personal pet theory, which has been, you know, there's evidence indicating that this is true. The intense stress and pain, circumcision leads to autism. Hmm, man, hmm, I don't know. There's uh, intra it's it not. Might, a, you mean a contributor? As it's a, a correlative. It's a very strong correlation. Yeah, it could be one thing. And that, I'm that... thinking that it might between breastfeeding and circumcision. I'm thinking between yeah. the two of those. Extreme damage to a sexual organ uh, early in a, in a primate's development. I could see how that could be a uh, an indicator to a primate brain that, that, that. Forget the social shit. You ain't reproducing. Yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. be useful in a tool's way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, there, it could be. There, uh, there's a possibility that might be a contributor. Right. Yeah. Course, I, just, I not, just stumbled upon some uh, compelling research. It would not be a. I would not say it's a strong contributor. Uh, but I, I could see it being a contributor of of ten thousand things. One right. of ten thousand yeah. things. Yes. Yeah, sure. But certainly, we've had. Uh, you know, we started down the path of autism before we had circumcision. Right. So, um, there is a. But yeah, I think childhood early childhood stress is definitely.
Yes, yeah. that would would be one of and and if you add enough different stresses, then the, then a brain will then figure out that you are this 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 individual is in stressful situation. Ergo, the systems that should be dominant are X, and that's that's something that would develop over time. So here's yes. the really interesting stuff. As a victim of the Spock method, which I uh, partially is genetic, partially I think my autism is part of being exposed to the Spock method when I was an infant. Autistic spectrum, you mean? Right. What are the odds that Spock is the name? Like, did they know that the Spock method <laughs> no. would cause people to be more autistic? And that's why they named it. You know, is that why they named that character Spock? Yes, Maybe. that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I, I, what's the timing on that? That's what I'm saying. Anyway. Uh, uh, the Spock method, when did that come Spock in? Spock method is old as fuck. Yeah, how old, though? I mean, because fucking Star Trek was... What? Anyway, I just find that fascinating because I do uh, blame the Spock method for... Um, my uh, social issues, yeah. some of them anyway, of course, uh, not all, <laughs> but once you start, uh, once you create a particular schema in an infant's brain, yeah. it's much more likely Stress that Stress being, yeah, you, uh, is this, because yeah, a lack of response of a parental unit. When uh, oh, I mean, you, when you look at like from breastfeeding to how much a, a, a child gets to cuddle, I mean, just uh, like the, the way that they, they had like a, uh, um, an instance where the feeding uh, the feeding monkey was like a feeding baby monkey was given a thing that was kind of like a, a mother to cuddle with, and then and the other times they had nothing to cuddle with, and just that alone uh, had a huge difference in the way that their brain ended up developing. And so, so how much a, a child is cared for definitely changes the way that that child develops. Absolutely, from infancy, uh, the way that their brain develops, and so that would make sense that. You know, uh, when you look at the way that uh, it, it's easy to reverse engineer the systems, the uh, uh, evolutionarily, evolutionarily developed systems, because you can look at what will end up benefiting and what, you know, what should be indicators. Like a, a system has to be able to determine when to switch uh, strategies. And so, you know, a, a child under stress should therefore have, you know, certain strategies that will fit. You know what is what does a child under stress indicate? It indicates parents that are busy off. You know they're either having to deal with some sort of, you know, horror in their own lives, or they're you know, or they've been killed, or you know, you know, there's a variety of things that fit a general pattern that you are you are now being born into a more hostile world. What is the best schemas that evolution has figured out? You know, uh, through over over trial and error what are the best schemas to have in that situation and so it would lean the brain towards those schemas as opposed to the others so in other words it would be a, a less a less social environment or a more aggressive uh you know social kind of interaction system that would be selected by the uh you know by stresses modulation to the brain what are you reading there Really fascinating stuff. Um, I'll tell you more about the Spock method and, and the question that you asked, but uh, I was reading his opinions on circumcision. And um, it's just interesting because in, uh, of course he recommended it. Um, in 89, 1989, there was an article that uh, Red Book magazine stated, it, at first in the 1940s, he favored circumcision. And then, however, by 1976, the revised version of baby and child care, which is like the Bible that, that people kept it next to the Bible. It was like that much of an influence book i'll tell you more about it in a second um he was saying that there is no uh medical reason for it but at first he was like you have to do it within the first few days of birth because that'll lower the chance of cervical cancer men don't have a cervix 
Well, what they're talking about is that they, they believe that circumcised circ- circumcised penises versus uncircumcised penises. Well, give cervical cancer right. to women. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, men get circumcised, women most affected. And avoid psychological trauma to children. But then later, he was like, circumcision uh, of males is traumatic, painful, and of questionable value. Well, yeah, um, later on, he started going back on basically everything, didn't he? Uh, not for, not exactly. The only thing that he went back on, or rather he switched, is that children need to start a vegan diet at the age of two. Because what? he himself had a lot of health problems, switched to a vegetarian diet, lost a bunch of pounds, got healthy. But then why would you recommend veganism when it's know. vegetarianism that's good, not veganism, you moron? Anyway, point is, in 1946... 1946, Spock published the Common Sense Book of Baby and Child Care, which, Common Sense Book, Common Sense, Baby and Child Care, which became a bestseller. Its message to mothers is that you know more than you think you do. (laughs) Okay. According to the New York Times, Baby and Child Care was, uh, throughout its first 52 years, the second best-selling book next to the Bible. Um, Wow. Uh, Spock advocated ideas about parenting that were at the time considered out of the mainstream. So this is the fascinating part. Over time, his books helped bring about major change. He said that previous experts uh, told uh, parents that babies needed to learn to sleep on a regular schedule. Um, and uh, oh, uh, over time, his books helped bring about change. I don't understand if this is what Spock's saying or what other people but it's He might have had some good ideas and some bad ideas. Uh, it says, previously experts had told parents that babies needed to learn to sleep on a regular schedule and that picking them up and holding them whenever they cried would only teach them to cry more and not to sleep through the night, a notion that borrows from behaviorism. They were told uh, to feed the children on a regular schedule and that they should not pick them up, kiss them, or hug them because that would not prepare them to be strong and independent individuals in a harsh world. Contrast, Falk encouraged parents to see their children as individuals and not to apply a one-size-fits philosophy to them which is not at all what my impression was whatsoever. Yeah, that's exactly the opposite of what you were told right. was the Spock method. Yes, so maybe yeah. my parents I, I don't know, were I haven't looked into it. But, you know, um, <laughs> I also couldn't find the Spock method as a word uh, by itself either. So, you know, I'm going to have to... Yeah, that's exactly the opposite. So Right, knows? learn more about that. because. Yeah. But then apparently it was his opposition to Vietnam War that, that lost him um, credibility. Interesting. Well, okay, so we'll have to look into that later because obviously there's some confusion on that. Yeah, I'll have to All right. read the um, I'll just have to fucking buy the book and read it, shit. Well, we could probably just do a little research <laughs> on the side. Um, okay. Looks like, is this where we're at? I'm not sure. Uh, next where, page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A purely personal map schema pro, uh, specifies starting place, goal, objects of perception, and implication for emotion. Dealing with the bits of the world relevant to a, per, a particular desire. The joint construction of, a, of such schema integrates perception across individuals, placing them in the same world of objects, aligning uh, their emotions. Diverse individuals inhabit the same experiential space, uh, cooperating both to reach a goal and to maintain the space's integrity. This is how fundamental agreements emerge, nullifying the very necessity for aggression or for terror. For the socialized, Within the intact dominance hierarchy, the unbearable present predictably uh, turns into the desirable future. Everyone plays the same game with the same rules at the same time. Emotion remains controlled. That's a weird set of statements. Um, hmm. Maybe he's getting at something. 
the specific circuitry uh, mediating such accordance concordance has been recently outlined. Okay, so what he's saying is... Yeah, everything that I'm seeing so far, sorry to interrupt, but uh, yeah, it seems like Spock method... My parents did exactly what the Spock method was there to stop. And, and, and they did everything exactly the opposite of what the spec me Spock method is. The Spock is like, he's talking about how if a kid, you can't uh, give them to, uh, like, don't punish them, talk to them. Uh, if your kid is just throwing buttons all over the house, maybe they're playing some complex game of the third little universe. Don't limit them too much. Let them play. You know, all of these beautiful things <laughs> that apparently is what the basic principles of Spock are. I'm like, all right, you should. That's yeah, completely the it's opposite. It's completely the opposite of what I believed my entire life. This is fun. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, well, I remember my parents talking about Spock method being something bad. So uh, maybe absolutely. I, maybe, <laughs> maybe I misunderstood what it was too. <laughs> All right. And um, yes, we are not getting to the end of this paper tonight, which I knew because in our first two hours we only covered seven pages, and it's an eighteen-page paper. <laughs> so I knew it's going to be a three-parter. <laughs> All right. So let me reread this. Yes. Sorry. A purely personal map schema specifies the starting place, goal, objects of perception, and implications for emotion, dealing with the bits of the world relevant to a particular desire. I don't believe that. Um, he's saying it's to a particular desire. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, well, okay. So, well, I'm talking about a purely personal schema. I guess he's talking about that uh, maybe the way you conceive of your goal or your path to a particular mm -hmm. desire is personal maybe that's what he's trying to say i don't know it's very it's it's strangely worded uh the joint construction of such schema integrates perception across individuals placing them in the same world of objects aligning their emotions okay so the fact that as a group you've we all agree on... you've all created these various schemas and, and tried to align them um like any group, you know, these right. are our goals, these are this is our mission statement. Diverse this. individuals inhabit the same experiential space, cooperating both to reach a goal and to maintain the space's integrity. Okay, so so basically, the uh, the way that you're cooperating together is to try to uh, you know maintain the space's integrity. Okay, and so this is how fundamental agreements emerge. So basically, because you uh, you have the same sets of goals and the fact that you're you've been working together towards a larger group alignment, uh, you have these unspoken ways to uh, come to agreements. That's like, okay, if everybody's trying to fuck each other over, we can't get none of us can get to what we want, so therefore we have to work together, and uh, and that ends up getting us at least some of what we want. Um, this is how fundamental agreements emerge, nullifying the very necessity for aggression or for terror. For the socialized within the intact dominance hierarchy, the unbearable present predictably turns into the desirable future. So the idea here is that when you work within the hierarchy, you end up getting, you think that you get what you want because even though it's not how you want it right now, you're at least working towards your goals. I think is what he's saying that that's how we experience these various schemas and how they how it, it winds up in all of these different agreements and things like that um everyone plays the same game with the same rules at the same time emotion remains controlled okay that's ideally 
idealist. Like, wow, that's such an ideal. That's like he's 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 talking about such among men again. What are you talking about? Yeah, like, it's like, <laughs> well, what are you talking about? Emotion remains controlled. Everything works out. What he's he must be saying it as an uh, ideal. Uh, this is the intention. Right. He's right. just not saying that's the that. Goal. It's like you should be. This he's kind of hard to interpret sometimes. Sometimes. Um. <clears throat> all right. The specific circuitry mediating such concordance has been recently outlined. Okay, so now he's talking about, uh, so I think what he's talking about is why is it that these systems work together the way that they, they do into this, you know, harmonious social environment that is, you know, that we attempt to move towards. <coughs> so why is this a goal? Maybe that's what he's saying is that why is it, why is a social, socially harmonious set of agreements and things like that even a goal and why is it that a hierarchy is a goal um maybe that's what he's trying to get at too <clears throat> maybe i need to get i need to take a drink of something here man my my throat's all acting weird <laughs> you, can you hear the, the the funk to my voice it's a little raspy <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> let's see if this gets any better All right, uh, Rizzolati Fagosi Angolese. Uh, sounds like a, a great dish. I like a little Rizzolati Fagosi Angolese. That sounds like a great dinner. Mm, delicious, <laughs> delicious. Uh, describe the behavior of certain uh, visuomotor neurons located in the ventral premotor, uh, premotor cortex. Some are motor neurons, but also respond to visual stimuli. Okay, that's interesting, both visual and motor. Nice. Visual motor neurons. This oh, is something shit. I am not even. Is this how the, the dopamine Parkinson thing happens? Because Ooh, these that does make sense. Yeah, you're that's wondering. why they can't. Well, yeah, why can they not cross a, a, a threshold that they see with their eyes? Right. Like, yeah. It's okay. That, yeah, neat. Okay. Yeah. I know it's somewhere in the uh, substantia nigra. Because D two is a motor. Uh, the, the dopamine two receptors are motor receptors. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, some are motor neurons, but also respond to visual stimuli. Some are activated by 3D objects. The most relevant, however, mirror neurons require action for observation for their activation. Okay, yes. All right. Now, this is, this is coming back to me a little bit. Yeah. Um, mirror neurons, part of the system that uses um, motor output patterning as uh, the basis of perception, have remarkable properties. They do not respond to a mot uh, motivationally significant object in isolation. Interesting. What does that mean? Mirror neurons are part of a system that uses motor output patterning as basis for perception, have remarkable product properties. Okay, so there's some sort of patterning required beforehand. They do not respond to a motivationally significant object in isolation. So in other words, they don't, uh, they, they're context-based. In other words, if you see a cube, uh, and normally, it does not cause uh, a, a cube in a person's hand juggling may cause a uh, a, a certain uh, activation of these these uh, mirror neurons, oh. but a cube in isolation mm -hmm. will not cause that same activation. Interesting, which does make sense, I guess. You would need a activity <clears throat> if it's a motor neuron, right? Neat. So, yeah, oh, so that's oh, the remarkable okay. property he's talking Th about. That's that's how you're able to watch somebody do something, and then you can then you can it do it because it's very contextually based. 
So they're so they only activate. So they're very they're very specific. That's that's cool as fuck. All right. Nor do they respond to the site of a conspecific engaged in a content independent action such as grasping. So therefore, if you're grasping, just grasping, and then you see them grasping, that's not going to make the a mirror neuron do because that is right. it. Because there's not it's, there's not enough specificity to the grasping. Yeah. You got to be grasping a cue. And I remember the <laughs> research actually right. reading those papers. All right. More to the point, their responses match when a motivated sequence is observed and when it is enacted. Uh, this uh, this congruence can be strict, coinciding in goal and behavioral sequence. Yeah, that's Sometimes, like however, the, the congruence research. is broader, generalizing the uh, generalizing the goal of the observed action across many instances of it. Uh, this is akin to a child playing the role of father rather than precisely imitating any of the father's specific behaviors. A neural mechanism allowing for both imitation and the abstraction of imitation has thus been identified. Wait a minute. That doesn't follow from the previous. Well, earlier he's, he's literally describing the uh, research hold on, hold on, on mirror neurons. Like that's how we found out that right. there are mirror neurons is the grasping stuff. More to the point, their responses match when a motivated sequence is observed and when it is enacted. Yeah, okay. So mirror neurons are activated when you do it and when you see it. Uh, this congruence can be strict, coinciding in goal and behavioral sequence. Okay, I guess. Sometimes, however, the congruence is broader. Sometimes, however, the congruence is broader. Generalizing the goal of the observed action across many instances of it. Okay, so the congruence between... Uh, observing and then reenacting it? Yeah, the, these things don't seem to follow. Uh, this is akin to a child uh, child playing the role of father rather than precisely imitating any of the father's specific behaviors. A neural mechanism allowing for both imitation and the abstraction of imitation has thus been identified. I, I don't get that. There must be additional information that they're using to come to that conclusion because one does not follow from the other. And what are you saying here? Yeah, no, it's like page 662. He's referencing some page. On a specific page. Yeah, because okay. his one statement does not follow from the second. The second statement doesn't follow from the first. Uh, but we'll continue forward. Uh, mirror neuron mediating understanding cascades downward from the abstract through the emotional to the physical. Uh, the mirror system accepts sensory, cognitive, and circadian state inputs and produces somatic, endocrine, and neuroendocrine outputs. Area F5, which contains the mirror neurons, shares connectivity to inferior parietal lobe with area A of the superior temporal, uh, temporal sulcus. Uh, part of the circuit, including the amygdala and orbitofrontal cortex. Uh, this implies that mirroring extends beyond action to its emotional, motivational, cognitive, and neuroendocrine concomitants. So that makes sense. That uh, basically, it's integrated throughout the brain. The, uh, the um, mirror neurons basically go all the way through Orbital frontal cortex, which is part of your, uh, you know, limiting emotions, etc., uh, and the amygdala, which is, you know, fear and social uh, learning part of the brain. Uh, so it, it it goes all the way through all of those. It's there is connectivity to all of those areas, uh, and by connectivity they mean short, direct, and activation-based connectivity. I'm, right, I'm pretty sure because the... everything in the brain is eventually connected. Right. <laughs> synapses on it <laughs> right. um, or there's at least some long and they've, they've, they've seen some activation patterns going between them 
um, the in short-term activation patterns because once again everything connects to everything else in the brain yes um, this implies that mirroring extends beyond action to its emotional motivational concomitants all right uh, it is the primate homologue of Broca's area, which has come to govern uh, voluntary speech. Hmm. F5, they're talking about, has relevant functions as well. So there's a certain area of the brain. So, uh, so F5 is the primate homologue of the Broca's area, come to govern voluntary speech. So that is, they're talking about mirror neurons leading to speech. Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting that the primates have their, I mean, they wouldn't need to have their own version of Brokos because, you know, they do communicate. Yeah, but they just, uh, they don't. Very limitedly. Don't have, right. Danger, food, cogs, that, that's about it. Help, yeah. that's probably it. Um, <laughs> the, development, de, the development of the mirror neuron system allows a maturing child to embody the action and motivational states of those he directly observes with greater or lesser fidelity. <laughs> okay, this is this is very important to the whole uh, autism spectrum conversation here because autism spectrum is very uh, strongly correlated with a lack of mirror neuron response. Okay, so that's something to keep in mind here uh, as we're talking about, or even a, a uh, I don't know if it's just lack of mirror neuron response or even a, a reduction in total mirror neurons. Um, I don't remember which of those it is. However, there is definitely a reduction of mirror neuron stuff uh, associated with um, uh, autism. And autism spectrum, of yeah. course, is also related to a difference in the amygdala as well. And in language. Right. And in language, yes. So all these things totally make sense. Okay. And then also remember, being male is being more autistic because there's changes in all of those areas for males versus modulated females. Modulated by testosterone. Right. Modulated by testosterone. Got it. Okay. Moving on. Um, the linguistic areas, let's see, the linguistic abilities of Broca's area integrated with the mirror neuron circuitry allow communicating children to verbally instantiate shared map schema, not at the level of precise imitation, but at a higher generalized state. Thus, children engaged in pretend play can coordinate their motivations, emotions, actions, and perceptions. So basically saying that Verbal communication leads to connection of vast areas of the brain through the mirror neurons and language. Uh, such processes of coordination within such schema lay the groundwork for the understanding of imagistic and more abstract semantic uh, thought, including drama and fiction, and the ability to engage in increasingly adult-scale social enterprises. A plan is the projection of a compelling fiction onto agreed-upon objects and context. The successful joint establishment of such a plan, motivationally significant, emotionally gripping, eliminates the very necessity for uncertainty, anxiety, and conflict. Uh, this all means as well that it is not precisely individuals who occupy a given position in a, uh, in a given dominance hierarchy. So what he's saying here is that these fictions and the things that we share um, <clears throat> are part of the agreement process and uh and so therefore the stories we tell he's basically saying that that he's basically saying something that i said long ago is that we are memes he's saying that the that it is the just like the uh the selfish gene he's kind of intimating the selfish meme that
that uh, that these uh, it's not necessarily individuals who occupy a given position in dominance hierarchy. It is sets of map schema. So map uh, schema themselves cooperate and compete. <laughs> well, here we go. He is say, he is saying memetics right off very directly. Uh, map schema can themselves cooperate and compete within and between individuals. The intra-psychic and social structure that results is the consequence of that process. Thus, in a properly formu formulated dominance hierarchy, the presuppositions of the individuals match the stru structure of the group. Thus, matching keeps the group stable and the individuals effectively uh, regulated. Affectively. Not effectively, but affectively. Um, any challenge to this match, not simply to the intra-psychic or social structures themselves, therefore simultaneously dysregulates motivation and emotion. So he's saying that basically there's a very important uh, two. Okay, so he's dealing with the social, the, the primate social brain and how it uh, and, and how that relates to human beings and that basically all of our agreements between each other relate to very deep social areas of the brain mm -hmm. and all of these things are regulated on processes and I'm saying in opposition to this, we need to keep in mind that there is the the autistic spectrum that is completely in opposition to all that he's saying right now. And they, he's saying that you have all of these these ways that all these systems work together to keep this social cohesion and all of these and, and, and these ideas, what? these map schemas are basically like what I call memes, except it's a, a map schema being a collection of ideas, which is basically what Dawkins meant by a meme, not just a very short little right, you know yeah. thing. It's a, it's entire collections of ideas. Like religions are very complex memes, mm -hmm. and so this this is the way that we all agree together to view the world and to interact with the world is something that actually is, a meme. Is, is the way that social truth implants in human beings. Ways to work together and sets of beliefs that are that are implicit that we don't ever we don't ever explicitly agree upon, but they are kind of imposed upon us as a basic underlying working system of social of social truth, and so uh, and, and that is of course what gives rise to culture. So he's saying kind of all those things implicitly, and I'm I'm trying to bring out some of the explicit particulars of what all that means. So. His next section is the unknown, chaotic, unexplored, indeterminate world. We want to leave that for next time? Um, or, I mean, that's the next big Do we want to be done already? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it depends on, uh, you know. I, I figured that um, since we were covering uh, quite a few um, patron-related sort of questions, yeah. um, those patrons that are there <laughs> here, um, it's sort of like I can... I can be okay with not having another after show because I was kind of hoping to do an after show after we did the whole thing. Right. But the fact that we had to extend it over three shows makes me feel a little weird about skipping out after shows. Yeah. I feel like we addressed certain patron questions throughout this talk that it could kind of count as a halfway after show. Well, or, uh, so, so we can, so we can continue for forward yeah. or, or yeah. do the after show? Yeah, um, let's just continue going forward um, and then find a good stopping point that we can actually finish. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of complex stuff to to uh, talk about. I mean, here we're we're basically he's talking about a general scheme, and, and so I think he's eventually going to get to some of the stuff that I've been talking about in, interspersed. In other mm -hmm. words, like I, I want to keep X in mind the entire time that we're talking about, you know, Y, and he's just talking about Y, and I think he's eventually going to talk about X 
also. Right. So it, it seems like a lot of times when we do have uh, an issue with what he says, a couple sentences later, he does sort of qualify it sometimes. Mm, not, not, not always. No, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I, I noticed it a few times. Let's right. say that. Uh, so it, based on that, um, I feel like we should try to um, get the whole thing under our belts. Um, and then we, we were discussing a few complex things throughout the show today. And of course, um, certain patrons' uh, alarms for when they need to go to bed when off boarding. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm thinking 8 p.m. might be a nice. All right, well then, well then maybe we should go ahead and, and, and deal up. with that. So then next yeah. show we'll do this, uh, you know, novelty anomaly and map schema disruption. So yes. But you know what? We have you know 15 minutes. Let's open up the floor to questions. Yeah, and let's go ahead and talk. You know what? Let's talk about the first uh, the first couple sentences here. Yeah. So we uh, as a, what, what the next show will be about. Yeah, yeah. And so the frame consisting of point A and point B can uh, can well be considered a theory laden map schema. Such a schema is also a story, however, in its simplest form, analogous to the necessary fiction of Wahinger and Adler and a bunch of other names. Uh, the the life based field of Lewin and the Dacian of phenomenologists. And the normal science of Kuhn. Oh, hey, one. he talked about Kuhn. Oh, my God. We know that. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so, normal. So, so he's talking about normal science versus disruption. Oh, my so, God. He's actually going to get into Kuhn. Thank God. Okay, I, I just I like him a lot better now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what is that mess of that sentence? Uh, he's just saying You know that, what? I will just look up each one of these things. The necessity of fiction of Weinheer and Adler, the life space field of Lewin, the day scene of the phenomenologists, and the normal science of Kuhn. I'm I don't gonna, know what the fuck a day scene is, though. What the fuck is a day scene? I'm going to bring all these up and know what they are by next show. All right. <laughs> so I will tell you guys what all these things are. A map scheme is also a cybernetic unit. Oh, my goodness. By the way, cybernetics is not what you normally think of the word. Okay, the, Let's the, talk about it. Cy oh yeah, real quick. So when they talk, he says it's a uh, cybernetic unit. Cybernetics is not what you think of cybernetics. Like that, not the, the, the T one thousand. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I, I understand that. That's fine. I, I... Girl, don't give me shit, woman. Oh, uh, so so it's not. Water in my ear. Yeah, do I have water in my ear? You're giving me guff. Um, yeah. <laughs> The, a, a cybernetics is um, about controls. Uh, so whenever you're, you're, uh, whenever you think of cybernetics, if you haven't come in contact with this other, uh, what's it called, a definition of cybernetics, like uh, you know the the popular definition of cybernetics in a, you know a, is a Human cyborg, machine. but. But they're related, and cybernetics in uh, in social sciences and things like that have to do with con control of groups. What is it that controls groups, and uh, you know what is it that leads to these? Because he's talking about that. He's talking about yeah. you know what leads to these agreements. How do we uh, how do we have these? How do we cooperate? How do these? How, do how we... did all these systems? You know, nobody specifically planned out. Okay, we're going to have this set of morality. We're going to do right. these things. We're going to shared goals. We're going to share these goals. We're all going to work according to this plan. No, nobody did that. Um, I mean, some some people tried to do that with religions and right. things like that. They tried to redefine it, or and they tried to take what was already there and put some sort of specificity to it. Right. And usually, putting specificity to it ends horribly. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, because it's not complex enough. Uh, but and, and and that's sort of part of the problems with some religions. Anyway, uh, so this, this too much specificity. Matter of fact, that's kind of what Jesus said. He's like, "Fuck the law." Anyway, uh, so um, 
so cy cybernetics is really kind of about that uh that thing so it's, it's it's a word to look into it's something i only in the past you know, like year or two really understood was a, a different word that had to do with control schemes and shit like that so anyhow so yeah we'll get to that in the next show i suppose uh but he, so he's getting to the the normal science of kuhn and the cycles of, of revolution which i mentioned earlier are part of an absolute necessity in the development of systems am, over time i so, am gonna see wiener 1948 yeah. <laughs> Map schema is also cybernetic unit. See Wiener 1948. I Let's see Wiener will. 1948. I will. I'm going to see all of those. The, the, the 1924. Is it Wiener or is it Weiner? Or, uh, 19... or is it Wiener Weiner? It's Wiener Weiner. Okay. Uh, 1924 Weihinger. Uh, 1956 oh, Aschenbacher and Aschenbacher. Thank you, Kitty, for knocking that on the floor. Oh. Um. Jacine Phenomenal, Bissenwager, 1963, and Boss. So many names. This, 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 oh, my God. He just goes crazy with the names. But here. it's all like 35, 24, 56, yeah, well, 63, he's, he's 70. Us, yeah, he's giving us a fuck ton of... Uh, Old uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he is pulling it together. No, so far, I am very impressed. I am very impressed. Uh, I mean, the, the, That's I have never seen anybody else talk about this, the... The revolution, uh, the cycle of revolution of Kuhn being applicable to anything other than what Kuhn applied it to, yeah. uh, and so and, and the fact that he brought it up means that he knows that the the that revolutionary cycle is about complex systems. It's not just wow. about the 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 uh, the you know the sociality of science. Well, the title of the whole thing is the three forms of meaning and the management of complexity. And like I said, the reason we're going over this is because I read to you his. First sentence, which is, or first paragraph, which is, hey, we put a bunch of arbitrary borders to try to manage complexity, but it's kind of not the right thing to do. Let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it seems like something you, you would like. But, uh, but yeah, this is, as I was uh, uh, telling somebody on uh, Patreon today, um, uh, this is the most complex, um, this is the most academic thing that Jordan Peterson's ever done. Okay? Like, this is not the most, but like this level of stuff is the highest level of technical academic work that this person does and what most everyone knows him from is the edgy social stuff and it's like guys there's really technical shit there he like he's a clinical psychologist professor like he's got some knowledge yeah. uh, you know and it's and it's it's not it's not easy it's a you know it's it's pretty technical it's pretty academic yeah we are, yeah, we are kind of slogging through it a little bit a little bit uh, but, um, but it's really interesting to us and to charles and you know some of our other patrons but a lot of other people are like i have no idea yeah. what's going on no i mean this is like a this is like a, a little this is a tiny uh neuroscience course is what yeah, this it is. Really is actually. it's like okay it's well a, it is because this is the first thing you read when you get the psychology of meaning book yeah well what, he, what he's doing here is he's trying to take a he's compressing an a, 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 a uh, a neuroscience course into a single paper and and hitting all the most important topics to pull them together into a singular yep. structure that shows why and how all of these fucking things work together Which is why that and 20... that's so it's so it's an excellent fucking i mean i like i said i'm kind of blown away at this yeah. point that he's, that he's done it so well i had no idea uh, yeah, which is why the 2013 textbook on psychology of meaning opens with this, because it is a nice little... It's usually very hard to impress me. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, it's true. Well, see, the problem is you have low expectations. Yeah. And so if you have low expectations to begin true. with, that's then true. it is... Because we watched one thing of his about IQ, and we were like, you're like, turn this off, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a fucking moron. <laughs> so, be... so maybe I prejudged him and right. didn't listen long enough. Because I, th I think what it is is... He tells things very linearly. Hmm. I think his his mode of com of of uh, his mode of com uh, communication 
is extremely linear. He doesn't do, because you have to be thinking about this as opposed to this. And, then, and so he's got those things in mind, and he just tells you the one thing, then he tells you the oppositional thing, and the one thing he tells you is so huge that most people will lose context. Yeah. And so that's why I intersperse things, and though it may that may be difficult for some people to, to, to deal follow. with, to, difficult to follow because I intersperse frequently. Or just have patience, it'll all come together, don't But the worry. point is, is like, I'm trying to build the all of the opposing information to under, because you have to be able to integrate sewing, the information you're going from side exactly to side i'm integrating of... exactly i'm not doing it linearly i'm right. doing it i'm integrating the information as i'm exposing the information because right. it's important to integrate it because if you do the big long one thing and then do a, a second column. long an another second yeah. long one thing They're then they, they don't they don't integrate them i have seen that all that was that's my experience with religion is people sit there and take one little part of the bible and they, they'll sit there and they talk about things that are they call something a chapter that's just a couple of fucking you know it's just a tiny little right. thing and they something called a book that's a chapter in a normal uh yeah. you know there, there's there, what are called books in the bible should be called chapters yeah. and, and so it's like and they never integrate the whole the whole context of the entire thing they take it one little piece at Which a time and don't and think so of them as completely separate all over the place and so that's why i try to when i'm communicating to people it's like okay i know you're not going to hold context long enough for me to give this to you in any linear fashion mm. i've got to give you all the little pieces sewn together but as a professor his students have no choice but to take his shit in a linear fashion and write down their notes and fucking figure it out that's and your no, job and, the, the and they'll probably never ever <laughs> get probably, yes. never get how this one huge long thing is related to the next huge long thing right. you know fucking a million years later because <laughs> it's yeah. extremely complex if you're going to understand that stuff you got to go well, through great, all of it that's a great weed out yeah. wait though <laughs> you know it's not it's not good though because you need to be able to grant people understanding Too because that because that's a the, feedback the, loop the more people correct. understand the more they understand yeah that's true um so yeah uh we're gonna put a kibosh on it right here and pick up from uh, page 11, 10, 11, one of those pages. Um, so let's see, uh, the actual paper ends on page 20, on page 18. So uh, just, okay, so let's say 17, 18. Um, and we are currently on page 10, I think. So it might be a four-parter. I hope it isn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, we're it kind of has to, to be. No, it, it probably will be because he'll be getting to a summary at a certain point. I, I assume mm -hmm. that he'll try to to put all the, everything together. And I read part of his conclusion, and he mentions Gulag Archipelago and all the typical individualist shit, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait until we get to the conclusion because I bet him I hate it. <laughs> so, well, so far, it's with, great, uh, but you know, but either way, having a little disagreement is meaningless. He's yeah, still, we're still he's, mostly in agreement. Yeah, in mostly in agreement, yeah. and he's, he, he's well, it's kind of hard to argue with facts because he's presenting to you how yeah i couldn't have put this paper together i mean it's well i guess i could if i put it up I mean, you put it, it would take me a fucking it. year to put this fucking paper together. right right so you know <laughs> yeah he does have valuable knowledge and he is you know putting it together in a logical sequence that is you know comprehensive uh mm -hmm. but uh yeah it's so it's, it's hard to argue because he's not really giving his opinions yeah all well, that much but he is occasionally definitely and we disagree with those right. <laughs> No, 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 there's certain things that are woven in that are his opinion. The, the, the way he is putting things together shows a, a, a level of understanding of the information. Mm -hmm. In other words, he's putting it together. He is weaving it together at a certain level. I'm just trying to leave, weave it together at another level. At a more uh, layman's level? Yeah, well, maybe. Uh, I guess it a... Uh, no, no, not necessarily. Um, I guess it's just that he... 
he the period of time in which he learned all of these things means that he can hold the context easier okay mm -hmm. here, yeah i guess it is I, I am putting it together more at a layman's level that's exactly you're right uh because here's the thing because the level of edu education that allowed him to write this paper means that he has all this information that I'm saying out loud in between, that's in his head as he's writing the other parts. And he's not telling And he'll him. eventually get to it. But he's putting it in, in an orderly fashion. So it's like, well, if I put if I put it in anything other than an orderly fashion, you're not gonna understand it. Mm -hmm. And that's the risk that I take. That right. some people probably don't like, but if they can simply conform to my method of communicating it does weave things together in a certain way that, that in a are better helpful. way right that are helpful. i personally well, prefer it having both of them at the same time actually is valuable in other words the way that he's doing it which is more linear is good for some people and the way that i'm doing it which is uh, more non-linear is good for other people what, and i think that put the two of them together actually may be the best what i like is for that to exist and then for you to tell me what it means Right. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. And so so his, his linear methodology of communicating it is based on the fact that he can hold a much longer context. And he has more and, information and, that he's, that he's giving. And if you don't have all this information right. because you, you weren't, you didn't go through a bunch of yeah. years, you didn't he go through a doctorate. He has way more information than he's giving. You know, it's, you didn't go through all those years of, of going over the same information over and over and over and over. If you didn't go through all that, you're not going to have that. You can't hold the context because you don't have all these symbols stuck in your head to light up and, and keep the context. As you're going along, it's like okay, I'm eventually I'm gonna. This relates to this, and this relates to this, and this relates to this, and this makes this long pattern that I can, you know, I can pull out. But he's, it's because he is able to. What's what's the word? Mnemonics. He's got mnemonics through his training, and I, what I'm doing is attempting to create mnemonics live as we're going over the information, mm -hmm. and and by weaving it all together into its own, you know, emergent mnemonic. See, I'm thinking actually, um, it was more of a slog because it was so technical, and we did have to interpret uh, some of it, both for my sake sometimes and for our audience's sake. Uh, however, now I'm seeing he's even I'm pretty sure that's a young reference right there yeah. in the oh, same paragraph. Yeah. So I think it's actually going to go faster now because I think we're talking about uh, more metaphysical concepts that are you know um, that don't require well, so much explanation yeah, per se. I would, I, perhaps I hate, I hate that use of the word me of metaphysics though. Oh, why? Uh, because uh, metaphysics should be uh, should about be physics. About oh, okay, physics. so. Super uh, physical. Because so, whenever people, whenever people use the term metaphysics as a pejorative, that's what they mean. It's yeah. like it's uh, more like opinion and stuff oh, like that. Oh no, I just meant like it's meta information, meta yeah. theory. Meta theory. That's fine. Okay. Not, just not cool. metaphysics. Yeah, yeah, meta theory. There you go. That's the word. Uh, yes, exactly. So it's the theory about the theory. Oh, he's, he talks. There's program also. Nice. I wonder if he's going to talk, talk about Brom and Pribram. Because because here's the thing. Earlier, by the way, I got hints that he actually believes in the Bowman Pribram. Um, um, Brain theory. Exactly. Yeah, uh, because he the way he he talked about the way the the information is structured sounded like and, he, uh, I, the, I didn't mention it, but the, it sounded like he was he was uh, referring to a holographic uh, to holographic storage of information. Uh, you know, in other words, because that is absolutely and of course arbitrary borders would go along with that. Right, and, and so he may actually also uh, be along the, in the same opinion as me when it comes to uh, Bowman Pribram. Uh, and the uh, yeah the, the hol the hol here's the thing, the holographic the and versus holonomic. Sorry, yeah, there's yeah, some holonomic. There's, yeah. there's actually no, there's actually slight differences and yeah, uh, I, just, I just I said I, I said it wrong. Yeah, except I, I can't really uh, I can't really discuss what the differences are very well because it's 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 kind of weird because I actually believe that the brain is based on holography. In other words, it, it is specifically um, because holonomy is a is a is a very uh, technical topic that I don't know. Uh, is really as applicable. I just dis I dislike the idea of uh, trying to use the term holonomy 
with when it comes to the holographic brain theory, which is actually they call the holonomic brain theory. Right. So it's like I, there's yeah, I think it has to do with terminology, unfortunately. So anyway, all that aside, uh, they're basically the same. And even though some people will argue that they're different, uh, they're in general the same. So when you say a holonomic brain theory, it is relating to the holographic storage and uh, um, organization of information and the way that that uh, overlaps. So anyway, yeah, he, he's almost certainly uh, part of the same um, school of thought when it comes to that, because I, like I said, something he was saying very directly to In, me, indicated. And, and I didn't mention it because right. it's like, okay, I can't go down that bunny trail right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, and, but, but it's, it's not like, going to mean anything to anyone well, else. It's not going to mean anything to anyone, unless he gets into it uh, further, but, but it, it, it keyed me off as like, oh, maybe he actually uh, knows that too, because it, it follows. I mean, mm -hmm. when you when you don't take out individual memories by damage to the brain, you take out parts, uh, you take out some resolution. So a, a, a given memory in a single place is not the way the brain works. Uh, and that's the way the computers work. That's not the way the brain works. And, and it's only because of holographic principles that the fact that the information is stored across a, a much wider area that is uh, that the reason why you can damage your brain and not damage a single memory and take out a single memory. Mm -hmm. So uh, anyhow, that's some exciting uh, uh, insights that he might be very, very closely. Uh, uh, the whole reason I'm liking is because he, he, <laughs> because he agrees with me. <laughs> It's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> it's the worst. It's so bad. Uh. Well, I feel like you have a bit of a pass on that because I know you to be uniquely invested in matching your opinion with the truth as it is most cutting edge available at any given time. Yep. So you get a pass in my book. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Um, that was it for now. We will be back. Uh, I, I love that we uh, had... We... <laughs> I'm trying to read something. You switched it 40 times. I have to give you a time. Okay, go ahead. As I love... <laughs> I'm sorry. I love how we've been talking. Um, we've been discussing Jordan Peterson's paper for about mm, close to eight hours now. And uh, on the you know 11th hour 59th minute someone comes in saying he's full of crap <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh pretty hard um on the inside well but hey from a from a uh, short take i also said the same thing you know it's like that's uh, true because because i didn't get well, enough, didn't have enough in i did not get enough information from all i got was a, a little talk about he started talking about uh, IQ, IQ and, and its like, value, and we're like, oh. and, and I think what it is is I, I because he—that's what my point was. Because he's linear. He 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 communicates a huge bunch of stuff before he gets to the subtleties of it. Yeah. And so it's like you don't, I, I didn't, didn't I, wait I for I, the exactly. I didn't listen to him long enough, and he just gave this simple one the rule and didn't talk about any of the exceptions. And I'm like, well, fuck you. You think there's just the rule and no goddamn exceptions? You're an idiot. Yeah. And so I think I didn't listen to him long enough. <laughs> that happens. Um. We should all try to be more patient in such ways. Me, most especially. <laughs> I, think I think he just has a, a, a particular communication style. Mm -hmm. Which has its value. Yeah. And I think it works in his, you know, uh, being a professor. There's He probably, you know, gets away with it um, mm -hmm. a little more because, you know, students are sort of a captive audience in a way. Yeah. Well, the, his communication style is good for people who can integrate the information themselves. It is a people who more can hold a long context professional you, and, style. And if you're if you're teaching somebody over the long, it's term, just an academic repeatedly. Yeah. 
theoretically, they should eventually be able to weave that information together, even though it's not so closely, mm -hmm. basically, it's not, the information isn't so closely overlapping and integrated, mm -hmm. you know, and that, which is what I'm attempting to do as we're discussing it. Yeah, which is valuable. All right. Um, I think that is it for us for today. And we will be back with more of this goodness on next Monday. And ideally, hopefully, either Monday of uh, the 7th or the Monday of the 14th, we will be done with this paper. And uh, then we'll, we'll find some, some nice, fun news for you guys. And then we'll, uh, we'll dive into quantum the, the computing and fun stuff like that. So uh, there's definitely a show for everyone uh, here on Cherry Stem. Now... Let us have a song play us out as soon as I catch up with chat. It's true sometimes. I mean, you know, it's like uh, whenever you have a, a general rule of what to do, there will be exceptions that, you know, slip through the cracks. And, you know, it just so happened to be this was one of those. But, uh, yeah, that's a valid point, Charles. It doesn't diminish the value of having to have a pretty draconian cutoff point um, with the limited time and infinite content out there. And uh, particularly on top of um, some, you know, information about a person being more of like an edgelord perhaps and things like that. And so, you know, um, you, you do draw assumptions and stereotype people uh, which is yet another way in which we develop triggers um, to cut off or filters to cut off, um, you know, useless information. Um, and, and I think we talk about that a lot where um, some people are all noise and signal, of course. Um, if they pay attention to everything, they get the noise and the signal. And then there's those who, you know, have a very strong uh filter um and cutoff point for uh noise and they get pure signal but sometimes they end up certainly missing things um charles was just saying that it's um to be fair you can't it, it's um that it that is the danger that we're talking about where you know you can't possibly read everything in full and right. so you do need to have you know a cutoff point mm -hmm. uh, or a filter that and sometimes if it's too hairline if it's too thin if it's too abrupt then you're gonna miss stuff but yeah uh, I don't follow. Um, it's just you were talking about how we didn't listen to... Is this the after show or... No. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. It just you said that you didn't listen to Jordan Peterson enough to... Oh, yeah. 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 Right. And so I was saying it's a danger because you can't possibly read everything in full. If you need a hair trigger filter for this is worthwhile, that leads to lots of false negatives. Yep. It's true. It's like you... Uh, and that's, that's actually one of the biggest problems I face a lot of times is the moment I say anything is uh, wrong with relativity and they're, oh, you're just another crackpot and you don't understand what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, I know it far better than you do. And uh, you just have to be able to listen to me long enough. And of course, I don't blame you when you say, when you immediately say you're just another crackpot because I know there are a bunch of crackpots uh, who absolutely have no fucking clue what they're talking about. And, and you it, wish they didn't talk. It's like, please, I wish they would all shut up. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Just shut up. You're stupid. <laughs> But it's, uh, it's like don't be on my side please 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 don't be on my side but uh no i mean so no i get it because there's you can't examine everything and and there's only you have to make snap judgments because you have only a limited period of time to be able to examine the information so you have to be able to 
justify whether or not this is valuable and worth my time and all of the, you know, what you have to put into it to actually get to the point at which you find out all the subtleties right. of an argument. For instance, if I say something about relativity, immediately, you know, people are going to be, they're not going to know it's something very, very, very fucking subtle uh, and that it's, you know, very little changes. Very I'm nuanced, not, very right, It's extremely nuanced. It goes, you know, back 200 years of, of, uh, of history and all of these various points. And, I, you know, being able to get them to that point is a near impossibility a lot of times. I can't, I can't even get them. They'll, uh, there's a, there's a guy uh, who, is you know he actually be, used to be a former head of the uh, National Science Foundation who 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 just now is starting to get to the point where he understands what I'm talking about after talking to him for like a year uh, because he just keep I could tell what it is is the moment I start talking he's like oh yeah it's more of that crap that I don't and you know and, and then what you do is you just turn your brain off when you don't want to listen you start skimming and you know you'll actually just turn your brain off when you think that what you're about to hear is a waste of your cognitive ability you just go off somewhere else. And the, when, a lot of times you'll make that snap decision, like, and I'll say that I almost certainly made that snap decision with Jordan Peterson. Um, you'll make that snap decision, and it's it's really kind of unavoidable. You mm -hmm. can't really avoid that uh, because you have to be able to limit your time because there is a tremendous amount of nonsense out there. And yet another, um, in my in my view, that's yet another uh, point for iteration. That was uh, talking to patrons in the bath show. It's cycles, man. It's all about cycles. You got to go over things. Got, got to go through them over well, yeah, and over. Got to do the loop. Basic principle of reality. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. So, uh, is there anything else we need to cover before we? I think do that's it. Uh, it's eight o'clock. I opened the floor up for questions. Oh, and okay. We're, we're doing questions. Cool. Uh, yep. And uh, I believe that is it. Um, that was the last of questions um, and comments and all of that. So I have addressed everything, and we are now going to have a little song sing us out, and be done with the stream. And we will see you all. Next Monday, uh, of course, some of you will see before then. But uh, yes, good night, everybody. Thank you for listening uh, for as long as you could. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> for as long as you could take it. And we will see you next Monday. Thanks again. Bye.